This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up what you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. Packet 8.net toll-free line for you. That's 1-800-259-9231 as we launch into hour number one of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing uh, their websites. We do it free at freetalklive.com. To start things out, we go to the phones. It is a show about your calls. Let's talk to Daniel in Ontario. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Daniel. Hi. I was listening to a podcast recently, and uh, someone was... uh making some claims about how the Great Depression happened, and I'd like to rebut them if I could. Sure. Rebut away. <laughs> well, uh, I believe I've heard his argument before. He seems to be claiming that the banks were accepting money in interest and simply withholding it, uh, purposely deflating the money supply in order to sabotage business so that uh, they could uh, collect on the defaulted loans. Uh kind of crazy that way because it doesn't take into account the fact that the value of money will actually change if you remove it from circulation move some of it from circulation that's true and i mean if you if you remove a certain amount of dollars from circulation you're 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 limiting the supply of them so therefore the dollars that are in circulation will increase in value but it would seem like that would happen uh, a little little more slowly it wouldn't happen like immediately yeah, but his argument was that it's it's simply mathematically impossible for the economy to keep running if you don't constantly inflate the money supply. Mm-hmm. But that's just not true. Like, what will happen is uh, people will uh, suddenly find that there's less people buying their products, so they'll lower the price of their products. Mm-hmm. Then they'll find they can't pay people as much, so they'll lower the wages of their employees. And, uh, like, that's what every business owner would do if they find themselves with a warehouse full of crap that they can't move, they'll right. decrease the price. It's time for a and fire sale. Works, yeah, the same thing works for inflation. If uh, uh, suddenly there's a lot more money in people's pockets and they're going out and buying things without a corresponding production of things, that means that they're constricting the supply of stuff out there. Like if you make widgets and you make 100 widgets for $100 and then you go spend that $100 on something else, then the amount of goods balances out. But if you just get $100 and you go out and spend it, then you're going to constrict the supply of whatever you buy. So the prices will go up. Like every businessman, when they see something flying off the shelf, they're going to increase the price. It's, uh, it's just human nature. Makes sense to me. Very good, Daniel. Anything else on your mind? Uh, no, I just, uh, well, actually, uh, he was talking also about uh, where the money comes from. If uh, someone uh, loans $100 out and then $110 goes back to them, like after interest, and uh, he was kind of wrapping his paradigm around the fractional reserve system. Like, uh, he just believes that that money will just disappear. But in a 100% reserve system, if someone is collecting 10% interest, then someone out there has to be providing a corresponding uh, loan. Like, a like 10%, 10% increase, they have to, some wealth has to be created in order to pay back that loan. Yeah, like, for example, if you go to the bank right now and uh, then the bank loans it out, you can go at any time and then withdraw your money, but that wouldn't really work in a 100% reserve system uh, because that money would be tied up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So it's one or the other in a 100% reserve system. Either you can get your money anytime, or else someone else has it. There's no two money somewhere. Yeah. Right. Um, now, in a 100% reserve system, as you're referring to, essentially, um, uh, in most cases, in most cases, people would understand a metal-backed currency, either gold or silver or something like that. 
that would be 100%. Now, fractional reserve lending um, only exists in when you know uh, when they just sort of create money out of thin air. Um, that's you know they have to have a certain amount in savings, and then they can create usually ten times that amount, and that's that benefits the banks. Um, the you know a fiat currency. A, go ahead. It's not just a fabrication of theirs, though. They kind of need it for the paradigm they got going. Uh, like if I put a hundred dollars in, and then they loaned it to someone else, mm-hmm. uh, like a business, and then they paid their employees a hundred dollars, and then they put that into their accounts. Right. Suddenly, there's two hundred dollars in the accounts, even though there's a hundred dollars worth of gold or bills or whatever was in there. The the this whole idea of having a a bank account where uh, you can just pull your money out at any time, even though at the same time it's loaned to someone else. It's, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it sure doesn't. The whole system's messed up. Money and should be backed by uh, metal, and it shouldn't be created out of thin air. Right. And well, that you know, only the... benefits everybody but banks. Money should be backed by something, something. and uh, the marketplace should decide what that is. The marketplace should be the arbiter of what it is that uh, we're using as money, not some government agency in or the near private fu- agency. In the near future, if that were to happen, that thing would probably be metal, though. I agree with you. Uh, that's the way uh, historically like... it's been. One thing I'd like to say about that caller who called in, he is right on one point. Uh, economics doesn't have anything to do with your politics. What is, is. And uh, the fact is that the Austrian School of Economics is the correct one. Uh, there are actually smart people who believe in it, so it's not a matter of intelligence, <laughs> like you said. Uh, yeah, that's true. Uh, the, you know, the laws of, of, uh, of economics cannot be repealed, uh, even by whatever, whatever laws the humans may create cannot repeal the laws of economics. They can fly in their face, they can put up uh, hurdles for them to jump over, but they won't ever be repealed. Thanks for the call. We appreciate hearing from you. At 800-259-9231, that is the toll-free number. It sounds like he's uh, he's pretty well educated on all that. It sounds like he knows more than we do. In fact, uh, I have to turn to Dr. Mary Ruart to really get the full story on the Federal Reserve situation, which is why he was calling in, responding to the other guy from Canada who had called last night, talking about the regressive so-called taxation and all that. Uh, anyway, here's what Mary Ruart has to say from her excellent book, Healing Our World, which is, by the way, available for free at her website, ruart.com, R-U-W-A-R-T dot In 1914, the Federal Reserve received an exclusive monopoly to issue U.S. currency, like AT&T, The Fed is a private corporation, owned by its member banks. The Fed is a powerful institution. Some believe it's the most powerful in the world. Let's find out why. Before the creation of the Fed, banks found they needed reserves of approximately 21% so that they would have enough money on hand when their customers wanted to make a withdrawal. When the Fed took over the reserves of the the national banks, it lowered the reserve requirement to half of that. The Fed itself used a reserve system. It kept only 35% of the reserves entrusted to it by its member banks. The balance was loaned out mostly to the government, with the wealth of the American people as collateral. Lowering reserves resulted in the creation of more money. As a result, the money supply doubled between 1914 and 1920, and then doubled again between 1921 and 1929. Right now, when this when the money doubles like that, the mm-hmm. money that you have in savings is cut Halves. in half. That's correct. It's cut in half in value. I mean, not in numbers, but correct. in what it can buy—loaves of bread or cars. In contrast, gold in reserve vault increased only three percent in the 1920s. The bankers would obviously be unable to keep their promise to deliver gold to depositors if a large number of people withdrew their money at the same time. Businesses couldn't use all the newly created money the banks wished to loan, so stock speculators were encouraged to borrow. 
Many people got heavily into debt thinking that the boom would continue, sort of like how we've got today with the housing market. A lot of people getting into debt thinking they were going to be able to cash in. In 1929, the Fed started deflation by slowing the creation of new money. People who had counted on renewing their loans to cover stock speculations or other investments found they could no longer borrow. They were forced to sell their securities, and a stock market plunge ensued. The mini-crash in October of 1987 might also have been triggered by the Fed slowing the creation of money. People who lost money spent less on goods and services. Businesses began to slow. With banks unwilling to renew loans, businesses began to reduce their workforce. People nervously began withdrawing their gold deposits as banks in other countries quit honoring their promise to return the gold. Rumors circulated that the Federal Reserve would soon be bankrupt as well. Naturally, there was no way for the banks to exchange the inflated dollars for gold because they're just it just wasn't there. Uh, as people withdraw their bank funds, the money supply decreases, just the reverse of what happens when they deposit it. The bank's failure to loan coupled with massive withdrawals caused even greater deflation. People lost their savings and their purchasing power. In turn, businesses lost their customers and laid off workers. No one was buying anything. No one's buying. You can't pay your bills anymore. And the first bill you got to pay is your employees. Yeah, it's, and it's a big one, generally, for most businesses. Each loss contributed to the next, resulting in the most severe depression that Americans had ever known. All created by the Federal Reserve. That's correct. 800-259-9231. All created by this, essentially the scam put together by people in politics at the time and their buddies in the banking uh, system. A scam on everyone that still continues to this day. And, of course, the Federal Reserve, uh, after it crashed, then there's the whole New Deal, This all these new political programs that were created in order to supposedly make everything better, which, of course, just makes things worse. More on the way. You take control. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features for free, including archives and entire year's worth of the show, waiting for you on the front page of the website. Just go and download them for free at freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to tour New Hampshire on special Free State Project bus tours or on your own. Hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project and attend leadership and activist training seminars. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Talking about the banking situation uh, here in uh, in America it was re- it's it's really bad today and it was worse of course during the great depression and it was it's all a result of the federal reserve now, this organization created by people who well frankly know a little bit more about uh, m- the money system than the average american and they put one over on the american people right now this this subject and we've fallen prey to this in the past um this subject is boring um people just don't want to you know mo- the average person just generally does not want to hear about banking systems the federal reserve um you know fiat currency they've got money fractional- in their wallet it spends right they, they just don't want to talk about it but man if this isn't the biggest issue facing america i don't know what is this is the big one baby if, yeah, it's huge. If, uh, the the bankers and the politicians and 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 all those people they're stealing our money little by little. The and they're doing it because our money is no longer backed by something of value, right. silver or gold. And the ramifications are really stunning when you really start to understand this issue. 
uh, you understand that there are a lot of things that government does today that it can only do because of the Federal Reserve, because we have a fiat, what they call a fiat money system. Now, in case you don't know, fiat is essentially money that can be created from thin air. Right, printed. Right. And it, that's that's how money by decree. Every, essentially, everyone um, under who understands you know what a U.S. dollar is understands that the United States government backs the money. They they're, they are the backing of the money, and but our money is essentially backed by nothing. Uh, it's printed on paper. It costs them just as much money to print a one hundred dollar bill as it does a one dollar bill. Right. And that's it. They they when they need more, they print more, and then and, they and spend honestly, it. Honestly, it doesn't even cost them anything because the money they're paying their printers with is the money they're printing. <laughs> so True. it really costs them zero. Uh, to do it all, and there's no money behind it. Back, uh, if you if you look at the history of money, which is actually pretty interesting, I know you say it's a bo- it's generally a boring topic to the average American who cares about maybe Britney Spears. Uh, but gotta actual, spice it up a little bit. I'm right, afraid the actual history of money is pretty intriguing. In that there have been sort of these cycles of, you know, the, in the past they of course you started with a barter system where you had to uh, have something of value and somebody else had to have something you wanted and y'all had you had to trade between one another uh, in order to get something that you wanted and if you didn't have something that the person like let's say you have a, a product that I want to be- uh, purchase but I don't have something that you want right. well then I have to go and trade something that I have with someone else that has something that you want before I can trade that with you and the barter system was all messed up right. so somebody, I've got chickens you make horseshoes I don't have any horses I don't want your horseshoes you do want yeah. eggs and you want to eat chicken so you have to go find some I gotta figure a cow out. some you've got to trade trade horseshoes for a cow so that you can then trade a cow for some chickens or so whatever somebody at some point brilliantly came up up with this idea of having a medium, a go-between for transactions, and that's that's money. I think that I don't know that somebody necessarily did. I think it just sort of happened. Uh, people like silver and gold; yeah. um, they're shiny. They can be uh, made into jewelry. Um, okay. Shiny things you can wear have always been popular. Yeah. So yeah, so silver and gold are, are good mediums. Yeah, maybe it wasn't necessarily a plot. Maybe they just said, "I'll take that." You know, that mm-hmm. shiny thing. Yes. And uh, it sort of developed from there. I and, do like those shiny things. And as it developed, uh, governments got a hold of the idea and, of course, ruined it. Uh, in, in, the, <laughs> in the beginning, they started by sh- shaving silver off of the actual rounds or shaving gold off of the actual rounds. Um, what, there's a term for that, and I don't remember what it's Clipping? called. Clipping, I believe, is what it is. Yeah, you clip you clip pieces of uh, the silver off, right. but it's still worth the same thing because we're the government. We said so. Correct. Um, so you know you have to accept this clipped p- piece of money as though it's one ounce, but, um, even, but it's really you know, not. I'd give anything to have a clipped system today. <laughs> Because that'd be far and above better than what we have now, which is, uh, you know, they went from clipping where they were kind of screwing the people over by clipping off little bits of their coins, taking the clippings, melting them down and creating more. more. Um, so that was, a, you know, a scam right there. And then the governments realized that, well, you know, they've got enough uh, force, they've got enough guns to where they can just start printing out useless pieces of paper and handing them out to people who don't know any better and essentially taking advantage of them. Right. It looks like out. all the money that they had before because, um, you know, banks went to uh, taking the gold and silver. Who wants to carry all that metal around with you? Thank you to for give that. You, That's an interim step I left out. To giving you pieces of paper that said um, in, in the bank there is, right, there, there's a certain amount of gold and silver to back up this piece of paper. It's kind of like a check bank in notes. some way. Yeah. yeah. So there were a bunch of bank notes floating around. So the government started issuing its own notes. And now we've got Federal Reserve notes. Um, and, and back in the day, in this country, we actually had money that was backed by uh, silver and gold. It, there, you could actually go and take your dollars and turn them into uh, some Federal Reserve or some office of printing money or whatever and get the silver and the gold that was behind it. 
Now that's not possible. Now that's all gone. Well, and there's we some serious a, consequences of this. I, I would agree, but that we, you know, the history of the United States, we've gone from fiat to uh, metal-backed currencies a few times. Andrew that's Jackson true. returned us to a, a metal-backed currency. Um, you know, and then every time they switch off of the metal-backed currency, there's usually a big depression. Right. So that's what they did. And so we went through the Depression. Of course, a bunch of new government programs came about as a result. The dollar, since it's been uh, since it, the backing has been removed, has lost something like 95, 96 percent of its purchasing power and continues to drop. And it's going to continue to drop. Right. As they continue to print money, it will continue to drop. And it, they aren't stopping printing money anytime soon. It, well, inflation um, is sort of it, it's it's sort of necessary, from what I can tell, with a fiat currency for their um, system for their system to work. I don't. I'm not an expert in it, I, but I do know that uh, we're getting screwed with their fiat currency. Right. The more they print, the less your money becomes, uh, the less valuable your money becomes, and the more they essentially steal from you. In fact. Uh, Ludwig von Mises, in the Theory of Money and Credit, said depressions and mass unemployments are not caused by the free market, but by governmental interference in the economy. Also, Thomas Jefferson, you know him, the author of the Declaration of Independence, he wrote that if the American people ever allow banks to control the issuance of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the corporation that will grow up around them will deprive the people of all of their property until their children will wake up homeless on the continent their forefathers conquered. Well, he had a way with words, didn't he? He I think did, after all, write the Declaration of Independence. That was, he had some foresight in that particular case. Senator Carter Glass, in 1933, the principal author of the Federal Reserve Act, said, This great government, strong in gold, is breaking its promises to pay gold to widows and orphans. It's dishonor, sir. Gabriel Kolko, these are quotes from Mary Roart's book, uh, Healing Our World. The Triumph of Conservatism wrote, The entire banking reform movement at all crucial stages was centralized in the hands of a few men who for years were linked ideologically and personally with one another. Uh, and finally, uh, Louis T. McFadden, Every effort has been made by the Fed to conceal its power, but the truth is the Fed has usurped the government. It controls everything here and controls all our foreign relations. It makes and breaks governments at will. He who controls the money controls everything. That's true. 800-259-9231. You take control of the airwaves. Bring up anything on the way. We'll go a little bit of a different direction. Some news from the internets, Craigslist and eBay. One, terrible news. The other one, pretty neat. Come back with more. You can take control and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. Bring up what you want toll free at 800 259 9231. That's the packet 8.net toll free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Mark. 1 800 259 9231. Join us online, freetalklive.com. The Shrine of Female listeners await you. Over uh, well, dozens and dozens of ladies have taken the time to send us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. See what I mean by heading over to shrine.freetalklive.com. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Com, woodcraftplans.com, something I want to tell you about. If you enjoy building things, that is. Woodcraftplans.com has hundreds of blueprints for things like lawn chairs, rocking horses, yard shadows, fine furniture, and more. Step-by-step instructions and full-size patterns guide all skill levels. Woodcraftplans.com supports Free Talk Live, so please support woodcraftplans.com. 
That's woodcraftplans.com. You don't value anything in life like you do a piece of furniture that you've made with your own hands. Hmm. I'm just telling you. you know, I believe I've, it. I've made a few things. I, I ha- I'm, I'm not great at it or, or anything like that. I'm, I'm sort of a uh, ham fist when it comes to carpentry, but I, uh-huh. but I do it. You get it done. I get it done. And, uh, you know, I'm not throwing away anything I made. Good to know. 800-259-9231. And it's cheap that way. Right? No, it's it certainly costs less, but I think it's more about the pride that you get out of making it. Not well, to you, is it? I look my at it. Miser- I look at my cost. little miserly friend. Cost? Yeah, not spending a lot gives me a lot of pride, Mark. Yes, yes, I understand. Let's go to the phones. Talk to Cato in Tennessee on the amplifier line. Hey, Cato. Good evening, guys. Hey, last night y'all were talking about rights and whether people actually possess rights, and I would argue that people do, by definition, rights are part of what makes us part of what makes people human. Just like we have certain characteristics, personality, ego, emotions, and with the exception of politicians, a conscience. (laughs) If you take take away those things, we become something less than people, than humans. We become, in fact, probably something like shaved apes. But as Mark pointed out last night, the only right that you truly have is property right, because property rights, because everything else is contingent and flows from property rights. I think CJ pointed that out, our caller, but uh, but I agree completely. Well, I, I think I was in there. I, I like that. that. The idea that rights spring from self-ownership and ownership of, of other things that you work for. Right. And also, like I said, it's by definition to be a human being that defines us and separates us, humans, from other animals. So keep up the good work, guys. Thanks, Thanks Cato. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Uh, also, the other thing that separates us from uh, from animals is that we can have responsibilities. Animals can't do that. There's no responsibilities. They don't have that. They don't understand what mm-hmm. a responsibility is. They can understand commands. You tell the dog to come, it comes to you, then good dog. You know, it understands reward. Uh, that you know the reward system that comes along with those commands, but it doesn't understand that it has a responsibility to come to you. They have um, they have instinct, so they'll take care of their young mm-hmm. sometimes, and sometimes they just for whatever reason they decide not to take care of their young. Some some others are sea turtles. Yeah, sometimes they just well not not um, from species to species. I mean within species, some dogs, some of the moms just mm-hmm. won't take care of their puppies and they'll die as a result. Yeah. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You take control of the airwaves to a, well, what is a pretty disturbing story uh, from Washington, Tacoma, Washington. Trying to unload some household junk on Craigslist is nothing new, but what if somebody else tried to sell everything from your home without telling you? That's strange. Lori Ray, a landlord in Tacoma, Washington, now has firsthand experience at web-engineered looting. She received a call a few days ago. This is the most dis- one of the most disturbing stories I think I've heard this year. She received a call a few days ago from a neighbor telling her that a rental property she owned was being burglarized. By the time she arrived, her front lawn was littered with unwanted personal items. Inside the house, the water heater, light fixtures, newly fitted vinyl windows, and the kitchen sink had oh. been pried loose and carted away. So... Oh my God! Now it's it's not like she had a furnished home. This is just a stuff that would come with an unfurnished home. Correct. Obviously, you'd have windows, you'd have a water heater, you'd have washer, sometimes washer and dryer, um, probably a kitchen, uh, you know, all the kitchen appliances, that kind of thing. And they were getting rid of those. The Craigslist prank and subsequent free for all was no harmless April Fool's Day gag. It shines a light on one of the potential downsides of e-commerce sites and raises the question of whether more controls need to be in place to avoid these types of incidents. I don't see why that's the case. I mean, they could have a they could have a yard 
road sale and get rid of your stuff. By placing an ad and having people come and take everything, it stops you in your tracks, she said in a TV interview. They wanted to not only destroy it and steal, but they wanted to just make it feel like it's impossible to even consider cleaning up. Ray was left devastated, tearful, and confused. She also filed an incident report with some uh, with police who pri- provided some insight. Right. An off-duty cop on March 30th <laughs> Maybe some insight, but nothing else. was surfing Craigslist for spare auto parts. His duty beat included an area of East Tacoma, so he paid attention to a posting that advertised the entire contents of an address on a block that he knew. Uh, the spokesbureaucrat said if it, it was along the lines of, free house, take everything you want. Wow. He thinks that's strange and filed aw- filed it away in the back of his head. Back on duty a few days later, he said that the same or the spokesperson said the same police officer heard a call go out, a burglary report at the exact address he'd seen on Craigslist while shopping for parts. He looked up the original ad and it was gone. He's pretty mm-hmm. smart with the internet, she said, so he googled it and found the first 35 characters, the header on the Google cache. This information was subsequently added to the police incident report. Internet usage advocates say the use of Craigslist is not in any way an indictment of online advertising. A situation like this is ugly, but the fact that it's on the Internet is incidental. Craigslist is a great forum for a lot of people, and it's always unfortunate that there are a few bad apples. And I wonder, indeed, how many people responded to uh, to this particular ad. Well, I, I'm, so, I'm sure that to some extent, maybe the, the free house part, like maybe that um, would have been... Uh, maybe something that, that would cause people to, uh, you know, what, what is this? But Like if you were advertising it in a classified section? Uh, you know, I mean, that, that I don't know. Uh, you They have these demolition sales mm-hmm. um, in Sarasota, Florida. I've, I've been to a couple of them. I mean, they sell the trees out of the lawn, okay. um, but they're selling them. They're not giving right. them away. The giving it away part might have raised somebody's suspicions, but... You know, if you're going to knock a house down, hey, we might as well come get the stuff. And right. you know, if it's uh, if for whatever reason you didn't feel like selling it, then um, you know, I suppose you could give it away for free. And a lot of people don't question free. They're just like, free, great, that's for me. Exactly. And in this particular case, it's unclear how civil the case really is. There, uh, for instance, they're just it's being described as a civil matter. It's Ray, the the landlord, had recently evicted the tenants. Hmm. So what probably happened here is she evicted the tenants, and the tenants, a little bit angry about that, posted a message on Craigslist saying, come on in, come on into the house and, uh, you know, take all the stuff. Yeah. And a bunch of people, not knowing any better, went in and did exactly that. It sounds darn close to criminal to me. It's it's horrible. Is is It's very, it's shocking. Uh, and I don't know why it happened that way. I don't know how. You know, I'd like to know a little bit more of the details. For instance, did she evict these people and then not change the locks? Because if she had evicted them and didn't change the locks, then it would be easy for them to just go up, flip the doors open, swing them wide open, and then, you know, whoever comes to take free stuff just comes and walks in and, and walks out. If the doors are locked, it's another situation. I, I think that that would probably be the, the, biggest, um, the, the biggest issue in the whole thing, because... But it's still stealing. Uh, whether Oh, no doubt about it. Whether or not it's a uh, criminal matter or not, I don't know. It, I would say that it seems very close to criminal to me. Absolutely. Now, you're you're a bit of a miser. If you happen to see this uh, this advertisement, free house, come get uh, water heater, vinyl windows, that kind of thing. I've seen <laughs> I, I've seen you. You know, you'll you'll take uh, a, a free desk uh, off of uh, freecycle.com. Mm-hmm. You, you like that? You're you're a member and you've given stuff away free, and and you have the expectation that if uh, people want to give stuff away free, who you'll get it. Th- who would think? To, to check and see if you're actually dealing with the owner of the home. 
I guess I don't know. Who would think that? That's where you're going, right? I don't. I, I can't I'm just honestly asking. say. I mean, after this story, I'll make a point of it in the future. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but but honestly, before I'd read this story, I wouldn't necessarily have thought if somebody was standing there at the front door, smiling, letting people in and out, Come I would on. just said. And I would have just said, oh, okay, is, is this your house? Oh, yeah, it's my house. You may not what have even asked do? that question. What nope. am I going to do? Check their deed? Mm-hmm. Check their identification? Yeah, it's a shame. So, you know, I'd like to just try to think about some ways this could have been avoided. I mean, when you're, when you're a landlord and you're dealing with lousy tenants, there's only so much you can do. You, you can only handle them with kid gloves to a certain point. And I, I think she probably didn't change the locks. Sounds that way to me. If she didn't change the locks, then that was a big mistake. That would have been the best way to prevent something from happening. But still, that wouldn't necessarily have stopped someone from uh, picking the locks or, you know, busting through the back glass doors or something like that. 800-259-9231. If you've got a comment, if you've ever even experienced something like this or your hypothesis as to how this ended up happening. More on the way. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up what you want. Toll free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll free line 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are completely free. And, by the way, that does include the bulletin board system and more. We give it all away. But we do ask that you voluntarily support the show by buying some stuff at store.freetalklive.com. There's a brand new items up for pre-purchase, uh, pre-ordering. Get on, uh, get on the case. Head over to store.freetalklive.com to take a look at our new stuff. We've got uh, a couple new t-shirts, including the new ladies Free Talk Live tee. The Free Marketeer t-shirt is there as well. The new Free Talk Live multi-gadget, which by the way has so- been selling like Fire. Hmm. I mean, it is. I mean, I know it's a good price and it is a great deal. People are all over this thing. It's a. It's an MP3 player, two gigabytes. It's a flash drive. It's an FM tuner, and it's a voice recorder. And it it even plays some other formats like uh, Windows Media Files, that hmm. sort of thing. So, you definitely want to go and take a look at that. And it's branded with the Free Talk Live logo. I mean, it's and it's limited edition. You probably, if you don't get it now, you may not ever be able to get this. So head over to store.freetalklive.com. There's also the lighter, uh, the lighter keychain combo thing that we have there and more, uh, store.freetalklive.com. Great way to support the show. So talking about some uh, Internet-related stories here, we had kind of some bad news out of Washington where one uh, lady's house was essentially robbed, almost completely emptied by a, a band of looters that were rousted up on Craigslist. Pretty disturbing story. But there's a little bit of good news on the uh, in the internet world, and this one's out of uh, New Jersey, which not really good news coming out of New Jersey too often. According to eBay, half of the 12,000 residents of Lumberton, New Jersey, belong to the online auction site, and this is the most it's its most active community with more buyers and sellers than any other town in the country. In one three-week period, 46,000 items were auctioned from Lumberton alone. One of the sellers, Lee Yosh, a mother of four, has sold clothes, cameras, and a rocket powered by vinegar and baking soda. She told uh, ABC's John Berman, I don't have very much storage space, so if I have to dust it, clean it, or move it, it's gone. For others, eBay has become the second business. I'll shoot for a 50% profit, so if I buy something for 10 I'll root for selling it for 15 said Nate Wood, who has pocketed $1,500 from his eBay sales. Well, what about uh, shipping? I mean, that, that has to be... 
figured into that little equation, too. That is a factor. And, of course, eBay takes a cut as well, and PayPal mm-hmm. takes a cut. Kathy Pfeiffer, the local postmaster, notes the shipping involved in all these transactions has nearly overrun her tiny post office with as many as 200 packages arriving each day. She says it's like gangbusters. Our parking lot is full all day long. There's a constant line. While everyone in Lumberton seems very proud of earning eBay's top distinction, it's uh, it's been named apparently the eBay capital of America, hmm. no one in the community seems to know why. It's not as if the town has an abundance of junk or is an antique mecca. And Pfeiffer adds, they didn't put anything in the drinking water to make everyone decide to sell all their stuff on eBay. Yosh has her own explanation. We have three girls, so we buy a lot of Barbie stuff. Next month, eBay will throw a party for the town with tickets offered for free. <laughs> Although, given the residents' fondness for the auction, someone in Lumberton might sell them for a profit. That's, I, I think that's a good thing. I think it's really cool. Because I think it's nice that eBay is giving them a party too. I don't, you know, at this point, eBay's become so large that I don't necessarily agree with everything they do as a as a company. Uh, they're certainly not perfect, but you can't ignore the wonderful thing that they have created. I mean, this ability for people anywhere to put anything up for sale, and anyone can bid on it. I mean, it's just an, it's, you know, if you've never been to ebay.com, you just haven't, uh, you, you haven't lived yet. I mean, it's just an incredible website with so much stuff. If there's something that you've been looking for, I mean, Mark, you're a comic book fan. I, I, I like a few comic books here and there. I don't own it really very You many. used to work at a comic book store. I did, yes. You still like your Captain America comic I am, books. I'm, I am fond of Captain America. You're an adult who still buys the occasional comic book. Yeah, I would My call point it the being, occasional one. You could appreciate going to look for maybe Captain America number one, right? I, I, um, there's an issue there, but yes, you could go look for Captain America number one. Odds are good. You'd find it. Now, yeah, Marvel didn't start um, printing Captain America till number uh, 100, and then they renumbered the issues um, again. Why did they start at number 100? Because Captain America was bought from Timely Comics. Uh, oh, so there was already a... I Captain see. America started in the 1940s, and then you know his, his history is he fell in the water right after the war and uh, froze. But but really, I mean, eBay definitely deserves the kudos, and they're not a sponsor of the show or anything like that, but I mean, they really deserve uh, applause for what they've done, and that is g- given the average person the ability to reach out to a, a worldwide market of potential buyers. And for for a little town in uh, of 12,000 residents, Lumberton, New Jersey, in an overly taxed state like New Jersey, this is a nice little bit of extra income for these people, where the state of New Jersey isn't taking a cut. Yeah, that's true. Unless, of course, they're selling probably with it. There are the rules that say that if you sell within your state, then you do have to charge the sales tax. Yeah, you're supposed to. But, but if they're selling to people that are outside of the state, then uh, you know they're they're just getting um, money that yes, they well, would not they would have normally not had, and they're getting more uh, for what they're selling because if they'd taken these products and sold them to, at a garage sale, they'd get pennies on the dollar for what they were worth. Because you just don't have as many customers. Exactly you're still getting right. pennies on the dollar in a lot of cases. <laughs> but uh, okay, I see where you're coming from. You, but yes, you don't have as many potential prospects. Mm-hmm. And everybody at a garage sale knows you're desperate to get rid of the, the crap. Right. So they're, so offering they're making offers and that sort of thing. Ridiculous little offers, yes. Whereas on eBay, you've got people all over the place bidding up the value of the item to essentially what the market dictates that it's valued at. It's You may not get what you want out of it, but you're going to get what the market's willing to pay for it mm-hmm. for the most part. For the most part. And so I just think it's it's just an amazing Internet success story. And, of course, then there's the other factor, which we love to reference here on Free Talk Live. And that is the uh, the feedback system. I mean, yep. Really, that's something that uh, th- I think they really pioneered that has, uh, in my opinion, come come out to be a wonderful example that we as, as free market type people, uh, libertarian people, can point to and say, look, 
Here's an example of how reputation works. Right. You screw somebody over, you get a bad rating. And if you're good to people, you're getting a positive rating. And it's not just useful on eBay.com. People are saying, look, look at my reputation rating as sort of a form of credit. Um, People are using their eBay reputation as credit? Yeah, we've talked about that on the air. I don't remember Not that. credit, but they're, they're saying, you know, when they go look for a job, look, I'm a good person. Here's my eBay I rating. Am, I did not know that. That's uh, amazing. Or when they're, uh, you know, borrowing money and, and those kinds of things. Right. So. That's awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. One more example. Uh, just It's just an amazing story. 800-259-9231. Just allowing anybody anywhere to uh, to sell products. At, and, you know, I always try to make a point of when I'm looking for something. To, to purchase, whether it's new or used. I always try to make a point to check eBay because, you know, you won't guarantee to get the best price there. A lot of people think, and this is like some one of the, this is one of the ways that some grocery stores work. They advertise that they've got low prices, and then everybody thinks that, well, they've got low prices on everything, like Walmart. Mm-hmm. And they don't have low prices on everything. They've got low prices on specific items that will get you in to buy other things, and then you presume they've got low prices on the other items when, in fact, they don't. Right. There's uh, so other stores that sell them uh, more cheaply. Right. So you've got to be careful. Buyer beware at all times. You've got to always check your prices. So the same thing with eBay. Just because it's eBay doesn't mean you're going to get a deal. You might actually pay more. It's possible. So be careful and, and do your due diligence. Check prices at a variety of different places before you buy stuff. Uh, 800-259-9231. Just one more quick Internet-related story. Now, this one's really unusual. It's, uh, it's about a website called Justin.tv. This guy is uh, apparently walking around 24 hours a day with a video camera mounted to his head. Oh, my God. Well, I guess he's not walking for 24 hours, but he's got a video camera on him at all times. And ABC News reports, uh, do you watch Justin.tv? If not, you might be wondering what it is. Well, it's Justin Can's life. The 23-year-old Yale graduate transmits video and sound of his entire life around the clock via his website, Justin.tv. It's different things to different people. Some wonder how bored you'd have to be to sit in front of a computer and watch a total stranger go through an often stunningly boring day on live Internet video. I, I, might, be fit, I might fit in that category. I'm certainly tempted to, be fit, uh, to fit myself in that category. You certainly might, but then again, uh, if you just think about sort of the, uh, the video content that's available on the Internet, Free Talk Live has its own webcam now mm-hmm. at cam.freetalklive.com. Why on earth you'd want to mm-hmm. go and look at it, I don't know. I think that it allows for interaction. There's a, there's a chat room attached to it. And that yeah, but allows- only the amplifier. Amplifiers can get into the chat oh, I, room. Well, it, I would say that it's largely amplifiers watching it. It's no, just a guess, though. that's not what I'd say. All right. Well, because we put, the, we, we put the camera online through a website called stickam.com, mm-hmm. and it's a website that's dedicated to just s- s- pushing people's web feeds. So you can go to this website, and there's just people sitting there in front of their computer chatting with other people sitting in front of their computers. Not the most interesting video content out there. But nonetheless, there are probably a few hundred thousand people at any given moment participating in various different systems like these. So this Justin.tv is just sort of an extension of something that's already going on. Why do people anywhere want to look at someone sitting in front of their computer? So actually, Justin.tv might be more interesting than the average webcam because he actually gets on buses and goes places and you know does things. So they've managed to come up with some technology that allows him to be on the Internet at all times, no matter where he goes. You can tell he doesn't have a girlfriend or wife because she wouldn't be down for that. Yeah, I, would think so. I wouldn't think so. More coming up. You take control. Hour two's on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. 
Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want as we roll into hour number two. Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features, we give them away. Those other radio talk show hosts want to charge you for their websites. We do it for free, freetalklive.com. On the way, Mark, you're, uh, you've got a story about a death squad, which I'd like to know a little bit more about. But first, uh, I want to go to a story that I mentioned last night on the show and we didn't have a chance to get to. And it's a little bit disturbing. Uh, five fifth-grade students are now facing criminal charges after authorities said four of them had sex in front of other students. Fifth-graders. I don't think I knew what sex was in fifth grade. I, I didn't. I know I didn't. I don't think I could have performed the functions, even if I'd known what they were Oh, in fifth I suspect grade. a fifth grader could probably pull that off. Uh, I said four of them had sex in front of other students in an unsupervised classroom and kept a classmate posted as a lookout for teachers. How bizarre. The students were arrested Tuesday. Arrested? arrested. Therefore, they're facing criminal charges. What? At the Spearsville School in rural North Louisiana. So these are 10-year-olds, 11-year-olds? 11-year-old, two 11-year-old girls, a 12-year-old boy, and a 13-year-old boy were charged with obscenity. I don't think these are regular fifth graders. Yeah, I was going to say, what are they doing uh, in fifth grade at 13 years old? 12 and 13, that's a little (laughs) old. 11, I could see. That would be old for fifth grade. Mm -hmm. They are charged with obscenity, which is a felony. Obscenity. Um... Uh, charging a, a, a fifth grader, uh, a, a, ju- a juvenile like this with um, w- with a felony is just, it's out of the box. Crazy. The 11-year-old boy, the alleged guard, was charged with being an accessory. An accessory to obscenity? What sort of charge is that? <laughs> after 44 Made years, up. Union Parish Sheriff Bob Buckley says, after 44 years of doing this work, nothing shocks me anymore. But <laughs> Bob, this comes pretty close. Bob's Bob's hardened, huh? Well, Bob, uh, you're a little too hard if you're charging them with felonies. Absolutely. Authorities said the incident happened March 27th at the school, according to... Uh, Their the parents AP. need to be told about this. Um, I mean, it's shocking. Their behavior... Uh, you it's know, out it's, of control. It's out sure. of control, absolutely. Their parents need to be let know what's going um, going on. Perhaps they should be suspended or expelled yeah. or something like that. That seems reasonable. But a felony? No. That's Not, dumb. That's... Now they're going to all have sex charges the rest of their lives, be wearing uh, you know, GPS. Theoretic- theoretically. Uh, it certainly could happen. They will be wiped out when they turn 18. But then again, since they're sex charges, who knows? Maybe there'll be an ex- uh, you know, like an exemption I don't for know that. where you get this. Um, they're gonna, their charges will be wiped out because they've turned 18. There's no guarantee that of happen. that at all. No. No guarantee of that. It, assuming they're charged as um, juveniles, but... You know, lots in in most cases with felonies, they adjudi- a lot of cases with felonies, they adjudicate these um, children as adults. Um, the crime that I went to prison for, I was seventeen. Oh, they didn't exactly <laughs> uh, they didn't exactly wipe my record clean at eighteen. Uh, I got gotcha. At eighteen, I was in um, you know a state prison. A high school teacher normally watches the fifth grade class at the time, but went to an assembly for older students, and the class was inadvertently left unattended. Apparently, this is one of those schools with multiple grades. Uh, yes, authorities said the incident, again, this uh, kindergarten through 12th grade. Uh, the class, which had around 10 other students, was alone for about 15 minutes, he said. When no teacher showed up, the four began to have sex in the classroom with the other elementary school students in the classroom with them. Hmm. It took a day for authorities to find out about the incident. A student who'd been in the class told a high school student about it the next day. Buckley said the student told a teacher, 
and school officials notified the sheriff's office. Detectives began questioning students Thursday. So actually, they weren't even caught. They got they they would have gotten away with it were it not for the big mouth of one of their classmates. That's what you get for having sex in front of a bunch of other kids. I, 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 there's so much about this that's just wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> Detectives uh, began questioning students Thursday. School officials did not return calls seeking comment. Students who were not identified because of their age were released to their parents after their arrests. They'll be arraigned in juvenile court. A message seeking comment from the district attorney was not immediately returned. Buckley said it was unclear what the children would face in penalties. Mm. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, 800-259-9231. I don't know where to go from here. I've got a story. <laughs> well, I mean, just because I've got two stories that would follow this well. Since we're talking about a DA, there's one that's been busted. And then I've got another teacher having sex with a student story. I guess we'll go with Those the are teacher. almost getting tiring. They there's are. so many they, of them. I wouldn't normally be reporting on this because there are normally so many of them. But this person is actually, the, the incident's already gone, come and gone. The report. The thing worth reporting about this story is the amount of years she's getting. This okay. teacher, uh, sixth grade science teacher who was accused of having sex with a 13-year-old student in Wilmington, Delaware, according to the AP, has been sentenced to, take a guess. Um, sex with a 13-year-old male student, one yeah. would assume, uh, a couple of years. Ten. Ten. Ten years in prison. Now, how many were you in for murder? Just... <laughs> how many was I sentenced to, or how many did I do? There was a there okay. was a time off for good behavior sort of situation, but I did less than the ten years that you're talking yeah. about. There's no guarantee that uh, presumably she, she'll do less. She as would well. do such a thing, and you know, I want to. Uh, I happen to be part of a class action that won a Supreme Court case. I don't know. I doubt she's going to be in that same classification. Rachel L. Holt, who's 35, had pleaded guilty to second-degree rape. She sobbed in court Friday as, oh, my goodness, it's a mandatory minimum. Oh, my God. She's going to do 10 years. Prosecutors had wanted Scott to sentence Holt to the maximum of 25 years. Holt was initially charged with 28 counts of first-degree rape. Police accused her of having sex with a boy that many times during an intense week-long affair. That's, that's, that's Pretty a lot intense. of sex for a week. Uh, she was also accused of plying the boy with alcohol and allowing him to drive her car. 13 years old. Holt's attorney... Come on, let's go out and drive my car. It'll be fun. 13, uh, Holt's attorney, John Malik, said the sentence was much longer than what teachers convicted in similar cases got. He reviewed 40 such cases and found the average was 18 months to two years. Yeah. In her brief comments to the court, Holt apologized, quote, to everyone who suffered as a result of her actions, including the victim and his family. I just... I don't think he suffered. I, <laughs> 28 times, you're not suffering. Uh, yeah, apparently he didn't suffer much. Like, if there were suffering involved, the first time would have been it. You would have not gone to class again. You'd have stayed home, stayed away from that woman if she was making you suffer. She says, I hope you can forgive me. I know what I did was wrong, but I sure felt good doing it. She didn't say that. The victim's uncle, you're right, uh, who spoke <laughs> on behalf of the family. That, it felt wrong, but I know I felt right. <laughs> She didn't spoke, say that either. Who spoke on behalf of the family, asked for the maximum sentence, said uh, the victim's uncle, saying Holt had tarnished the reputation of teachers. Yes, all teachers are bad now because of this one woman. And violated his nephew's trust. He had his innocence taken away through betrayal, he said. God. What? A bunch of drama queens. What was she betraying? Uh, wait, where was the betrayal in all of this? Uh, where? Do you know? Because I don't know. I can't figure this out. Well, I... I... 
Betrayal? I have to say it betrayed should, his innocence. It should be wrong. it should be against the law because I think it's wrong. But um, the ten years is just way way too much as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, and I don't think that the little boy is scarred for life. Um, probably not. At least not by normal societal standards. Uh, you know, it's is it going to affect him? All of our experiences affect us in our lives. But you know, if anything is scarring. In this situation, and I know that, you know, you don't agree with it and everything, and I don't necessarily agree with it, but I certainly don't think anybody should be spending time in jail over it. But if anybody's scarred in this situation, as far as this young man is concerned, I would think that the scarring would come from turning in, uh, turning a court, turning all this into a court case. I would think the scarring would come from, you know, having him go up, presumably, and testifying against this woman who was just you know, trying to help the young man. I don't know. If she, she was just trying to help herself. She was trying to help herself, but you know, you got to help herself. You got to help him first before all that can happen. I, I and I so would say I that the court like, case was, uh, you know, probably very traumatic. Right. Uh, you seeing they don't, people seeing, don't don't take that into consideration when they're, uh, you know, the, the the prosecutors could care less. This the is uh, family a nice doesn't lady, look at it. A nice lady who just wanted to help a young man uh, understand the the whole how sex works and Poppycock. all that. And uh, she's a very nice lady, and here she is being thrown in a prison cell for 10 years as a result of it. That's that's mentally scarring. Ludicrous. In my opinion. If he had just had sex with this woman 28 times, then, uh, you know, I don't know if that would have been... I, I, would, I don't know if that would have left any scars. Yeah, well, if he'd gotten her pregnant, now that could do a little bit of damage. But as far as mentally scarred, nah. 800-259-9231, you can take control. And bring up what you want, the death squad on the way. Also, a district attorney facing drug charges and somebody who burned a U.S. flag. In fact, three people who burned the U.S. flag. We'll tell you what's wrong with the story on the way. You can take control at 800-259-9231 is the packet 8.net toll free line. And bring up whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Packet8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free, including the bulletin board system. Over 200,000 posts. Over 1,300 people interacting. Lots of stuff to talk about, from serious issues to fun stuff. And uh, everything in between. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. And you know what? It's totally free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. And SACL CII has a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. Their staff is respectful. They record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy. So your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 800-544-6359. That's 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live. Boston, Reuters reporting three Yale University students, including a Briton and a Greek national, have been charged in a case involving the burning of a U.S. flag outside a Connecticut ha- uh, home, a court official said on Wednesday. Haider Akbar, who's 23, Nikolaos Nicolao, Angelopoulos, he's a Greek one, <laughs> really, <who's> 19, <laughs> and Farhad Enkelsaria, who's also 19, were arrested on Tuesday and charged in New Haven Superior Court with reckless endangerment, arson, breach of peace, criminal mischief, and other offenses. Now, here's the problem. 
as it as seems to be the problem every time somebody gets arrested for burning a flag. Mm-hmm. And the, the stories don't happen very often. It's very like once a year. Once a year or so. It's it's not a common thing, and I think that part of it is uh, spurred by the fact that we even have the conversations about flag burning in, uh, anyway. I mean, people right. aren't out there burning copies of the Constitution, and we're not talking about, um, you know, the, the, the Senate is or the uh, House of Representatives isn't passing any bills to keep the Constitution from get, getting burned in That's effigy. True. You know, it's only that we have the conversations about being the, um, burning the flag, so therefore people say, hmm, I can get people riled up by burning the flag. Let's burn a flag. Right. Uh, and then what they go and they do is they go and burn somebody else's flag, which is what happened here. Police said the three torched a flag hanging from the porch of a house in New Haven near the Ivy League school. So uh, so it was hanging from a porch? Yeah, they just burned somebody's flag on somebody else's property. So, yeah, they well, should I, get um, yeah, in I trouble for that. It, I, I think they should get in trouble depending on how, how it was uh, arranged. Um, you, arson is... There's an arson charge. There is an arson charge, but arson is darn close here. I mean, if it's actually hanging from something wood, like, say, the, the support beam or yeah. something under there, it's like tacked up to that and then hanging down beneath the porch, oh, my, that's a bad idea. They go, on to, uh, they go over to talk about where their citizenships are from around the world. Police gave no indication why they set fire to the flag the trio acknowledged it was a dumb thing to do when questioned by the police the new haven register reported they appeared in court in leg irons and handcuffs uh, bail was set at 25,000 for one of them and 15,000 for another akbar worked as an informational translator for us forces during 2001's uh, during the 2001 invasion of afghanistan and later published uh, memoirs about that, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled in 1989 that flag burning was protected under constitutional free speech guarantees, invalidating laws in 48 states and outraging veterans groups and others who say that an important national symbol should be protected from defacement. Mark Sarasi, who's the owner of the two-story home, said... Then how come the Constitution doesn't need protection? They just, uh, no one's burned it yet. Right. Someone, as soon as someone burns the Constitution in public, I'm sure someone will scream out loud about that as well. Well, but they're not doing it, and that's the—that's right. really the whole thing. It's because you're screaming out loud about it. It makes me sick to my stomach to think that someone would burn the American flag. He described himself as very, very patriotic. Well, you know. Oh, it makes me sick to my stomach too. I, I personally, like you know, I personally don't care. Uh, <laughs> if you want to go and burn an American flag, that's your business. But make it your American flag. You go to Walmart, go buy yourself a nice imported American flag, get on your <laughs> private property. Or I guess you could do it in the public square. You could also, as long as you cleaned up your mess, then you can set fire to your your American flag. Then it's your property that you're setting on fire. In all of the cases we've talked about of in the the history of doing this show, in every single one of the cases, not once were any of the flags the property of the people who burned them. Yep. There was a story down uh, from Sarasota, Florida, where we came from most recently, with another, you know, just a couple kids driving around, just being stupid 18-year-old kids. They saw an American flag on somebody's flagpole in their neighborhood, Ooh, and they set that on fire. Let's burn it. Right. Yep. These are, pri- these are property violations. Right. They're stealing somebody's flag. And that's where the problem is. I, again, you want to go buy your own flag and burn it, whatever. That's your business. It's just a flag. It doesn't doesn't upset me because I, it's just a piece of cloth. I don't care. Burn a bunch of flags if you want to. Well, it upsets me because um, 
People don't know why. There's no question asked after the flag burning um, occurs. No one wants to know, hey, why'd you burn that flag, buddy? Yeah. Nobody wants to know. The That's conversation's true. over. If you're All trying you've to make a point, you is shock yeah. the crap out of people for the right. sole purpose of shocking the crap out of people. And um, It's useless as far as a communications tool or anything, anything at all beyond just irritating people. Yeah, so I don't recommend it. No, it's certainly not something that I would personally engage in doing, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it doesn't offend me. 800-259-9231, because I happen to think that this country is supposed to be about freedom, and I one think of that, those freedoms... I think that flag actually represents the freedom to burn that flag. Precisely. So one of those freedoms is the freedom to set on fire in a safe manner whatever it is that you've that you've purchased for yourself. You want to go set a PlayStation 3 on fire, pour some gasoline, set it on fire. You want to set an American flag on fire, as long as it's your flag, go ahead. So, you know, if you want to put your wealth down, buy some stuff, and then set it on fire, that's your business. That's, that's something you should be free to do in America. I don't care if it's an effigy of George Bush. I don't care if it's an effigy of uh, some other politician that you happen to hate. Go ahead. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. But still, I'd really be interested to see what would happen if someone were to actually burn their own flag. What sort of charges would the government throw out at them? Oh, I'm not going to go finding out. <laughs> no, I'm not either. But eventually, it will happen. Eventually, somebody will probably yeah, some, do this. Somebody will. Because in this case, it was reckless endangerment. And then all the 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 creeps and crooks before him will have paved the way for him to get in trouble legally. Reckless endangerment, arson, breach of peace, criminal mischief, and other offenses, whatever those are. So I'm sure they can pull out some charge like breach of peace in order to uh, to throw at somebody in this particular case. Oh, yeah. but, but if that's all they've got, then they're going to have a tougher time if you actually fight it in court. Yeah, I really don't like those particular charges that are just sort of catch-all charges. Look, if I've done something wrong, you, you should have come up with that charge ahead of yeah. time. So what I want to know from you is uh, how you feel about the burning of the American flag. Are you one of those people that wants to pass a constitutional amendment here in the supposed land of the free to prohibit such an activity? Are you one of the people that supports laws against this sort of thing because it's offensive and I'm an American and I have a right not to be offended in my own country. There's an It's in the Constitution. Let me get my Bill of Rights out here. Uh, amendment number... Uh, uh, Offense. Wait a not minute. Not there, is it? Oh, uh, darn. Yep. You know what? You don't have a right to not be offended in America. In fact, it's pretty darn likely that if you spend a lot of time looking at what other people do with their time, <laughs> you're going to be offended. At some point or another. There are a lot of offensive, sick people out there. But darn it, as long as they aren't harming another person, leave them alone. Because all you're going to do, if you actually, if they actually pass this amendment, the flag burning law, then that's just going to rile more people up. That's going to make people want to go out there and prove that they can still burn the flag. Just wait. Or on the way, 800-259-9231. You take control. Are you one of those flag supporting types? I really want to hear from you. Maybe you can change my mind. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Is the packet8.net toll-free line for you, one 800 259 
9231, Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Live streams await you. There's a broadband version of the show. There's a dial-up version as well. Both sizes will fit virtually any Internet connection at freetalklive.com. And it is free. Once again, freetalklive.com. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to socialize with hundreds of fellow activists and lovers of liberty, discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Porkfest.com. To the phones, to the fun, it's CJ in Oklahoma on the amplifier line. Hey, CJ, what's on your mind? Hey, guys. I just wanted to call and talk about the flag burning thing. Yes, sir. Um, I've actually been to a flag burning, and uh, there's a little bit of irony here because it's all about context on how upset people get. Um, The flag burning I went to, no one got upset. Uh, It was actually attended by um, a large number of veterans. And it was the Boy Scouts burning the flags. Ah, uh, yes. This is the uh, the the official way that you actually put a flag to rest, right? When a flag gets yes. too old, too tattered, that sort they, of thing? They call it a flag retirement ceremony. And it's it's really all about context for these people. They, they, they want to be able to burn the flag out of respect, but they don't want other people to be able to burn the flag out of disrespect. How do they actually do it at the uh, at one of these Boy um, Scout burning sessions? Do they do they hold it up in the air and burn it, or do they just put it on a campfire or something? Do they have well, a casket for it, a, a, a fire-retardant casket that they put it in? <laughs> no, they, basically they have a fire pit. Um, this one was um, a gas-powered fire pit, and they actually cut the flag up into pieces, hmm. and um, they cut the uh, stars out of it, and then they cut the stripes part in half again. Seems like it's a and, lot of work. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of ceremony and pomp and circumstance to it. But yeah, I, but it just strikes me as odd that it's, it's really about context. They they they're totally okay if you burn the flag. Their respectfully. way. Yeah. They just don't want you doing it uh, in, in the way they don't want you to do it. Yep. You know, and, and if you don't have their little ceremony, you can't burn the flag. Well, you so, can burn flags today, uh, right, thankfully. Right, right, right. But, but there are people that would like to stop that. Yes. And I think it's I think it's sad. I and it's it's just amazing to me that the the people that are that are advocating for a ban on flag burning don't realize the hypocrisy. They yeah. just they're completely oblivious to it. CJ, any other thoughts? Well, uh, one more thing. Uh, I called in last night and then listened to the show again and noticed that I have an extremely hick accent and didn't realize that until. Having heard myself on the radio, I don't know if you have a I, I hick accent. It's I definitely have some Oklahoma coming through. <laughs> so uh, oh, that's all right. I mean, I, uh, I have some Florida come through from time to time, but I, <laughs> I'm not uh, I'm not talking like a slur and t- talking like this all the whole show. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm really glad the Floridians thanks. don't really talk like. That. Thanks for the call, CJ. Appreciate it. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Well, not all Floridians talk that way. <laughs> Remember, you and I were raised on the West Coast, Mark. There's that center of the state where people talk real funny. 800-259-9231. Yes, it's like a different world. As soon as you cross, if you've ever been to Florida before, if you're on the West or the East Coast, you're not really in Florida. Well, you're yeah. in, like, New York, some extension of New York or uh, New Jersey, because that's where all the people come from. Well, um, but, I, the West Coast is mostly from uh, the Midwest. Really? Well, they follow 75 down, whereas the uh, New Yorkers follow 95 down. I see. So that you mostly have New Yorkers and East Coasters 
on people, the East Coast, and you have Midwesterners on the West Coast. People speak normally, though, because there's a bunch of people that come in from all over the place, and they all mix together. Whereas if you're in the center of the state, or the northern portion of the state, which is also you know, center, uh, anywhere away from the coastlines, then right. you're in real Florida. Then you're in the swampland. Mm-hmm. 800-259-9231. Mike in New York. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey. Hey. Hey, um, can I talk about patriotism? Uh, this is Free Talk Live, so you can talk Hi, about what you I want. I can talk about everything, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, I just want to talk about how people are always second-guessing the government, and this is a democracy. We voted that government in. I didn't vote them in. Well, I don't know. I guess I guess you're right, but every but the majority of the people in this country did. No, no that's they didn't. not true. <laughs> uh, well, just so you know, it may, may it may not have been true in 2000. Well, let's no, let's let's re- no, let's rebut that. The majority of the people didn't because the majority of the people aren't even registered to vote. So that um, says that the government that the a majority of the people don't really consider the government to be important or legitimate to some okay. extent. So yeah. then a um, – and not even a majority, sometimes around a majority of the people that are registered to vote then vote in the elections, usually for president, but certainly not in their local elections and governments yeah. that are more pertinent to their lives. Um, you often have less than 10 percent of the people vote in local elections. And then so, those who so actually the argument voted. That, so the argument that, well, it's a majority of the people, it, it's, not a, it's, it's a fallacious one. Well, even if it were the majority, it still wouldn't make what they voted for correct. It wouldn't make – uh, it wouldn't give any legitimacy to the government, even if it were true. I think it gives a lot more legitimacy. Why? Though. Because uh, we voted over half of the people in this country believe in one thing. What thing that is means, that? Uh, whatever Bush believes in, pretty much. Do you think that's so? I don't so? think that's true. I think, I think over half of the country backs Bush. I don't Not think they anymore, do. I mean, his, but his at polls the election less time, than... they did. Well, that doesn't mean that they back him for what he believes in. That just means they voted for someone because they didn't know who else to vote for. I mean, the, most of the people in this country... Yeah, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, oh yeah. 800-259-9231. I, yeah, I knew that was coming from the okay. start of the call. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Is Can they come up with something better? <laughs> Apparently quank, quank. not. Quank, yeah. Quank. yeah, let's have some different <laughs> funny noises. <laughs> you know, at least the guy with the... You're right about the guy with the accent from earlier in the week. At least he was... Doing an accent. Had an accent. Uh, all right. So, yeah, the voting thing, though, is it's still, nonetheless, interesting issue. I mean, to be fair to the guy, he mm-hmm. did bring up an interesting issue, and that is that the concept that, for some reason, a majority a majority vote can somehow make things good or make things right or, you know, somehow um, obligate those who decided that they didn't want to participate. Well, you know, um, the... The whole idea of a majority is, is, you know, we have taxes in this country, and um, you have to give a portion of what you earn to the government. And if you choose not to do that, you're going to go to jail. They're going to, and if you choose not to go to the jail, they're probably going to shoot you or use some kind of violence on you to um, put you in jail. So then the question is, is it okay for you to go to your neighbor's house and say, hey, I want a portion of their, I want a portion of your money? No, nobody no, would say that. Um, certainly, if you use violence to get it, if you would say yes, you're a psychopath. Right, you're, you're, you know, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Well, is it okay for you to get yeah, several people on your street to go and, um, you know, you, you've got a group of ten that go to his house and say, we want some of your property. That would make you a gang. Yeah, that would make a you psychopath. a gang. If you can somehow get a majority of people in any given area, call it a municipality, call it a street, call it a neighborhood, call it a country, whatever you want to call it, if you can get a majority of people to go to that person's house, does it somehow become right? What if I have a gang of people with badges and uniforms go and do it? Well, then uh, you know, it's it's all about the hats. I'm telling you. Then it's then you're heroes. You're yeah. no longer psychopaths. You're heroes. The other person's a uh, tax cheat. 
They're a do- tax dodger. Yeah, you're cheating They're everyone a else. Felon, they need to go to jail. Cheating everyone else out of their well-deserved services that you uh, signed a social contract to get your. Wait, I don't want those Wait. damn services. No, nobody ever signed a social contract, and nobody ever agreed to terms that say that. If you stay home and don't participate in this voting situation, that you must be subject to the the will of those who went out and voted. And, in fact, you're not even subject to their will. You're subject to the politicians' will. There, there is an argument on the other side for that one. I don't think that that's the most ironclad argument that you're making, the the not sign the social contract one, simply because... um, We did sign a bit of a social contract. For instance, we signed the social contract to pay the taxes here in Keene because we bought, we moved to Keene. Um, You know, I'm paying the Keene tax. You are paying the Keene Keene taxes, Um, and the fact that you stay in the United States, the geographic argument um, is there on the other side. The fact that you stay in the United States is a tacit agreement to pay their taxes. Now, I would, (laughs) I would challenge um, somebody who makes that argument. Show me a place where I don't have to pay taxes. But they're out there. You could really check out if you wanted to. It doesn't make sense. I mean, that's like saying it's a tacit agreement. Uh, Let's say that they're, you know, that that we're living in the neighborhood that we live in, and there's a all of a sudden there's a gang of armed bandits that starts walking through the streets at night, randomly knocking on people's doors and taking money from them. To suggest that we're consenting to it by sticking around. I don't know if that really holds water. 800-259-9231. We're only consenting to it because we're too scared to fight back against the army. But the gang, gang was here already. It well, was their neighborhood when we moved more in. More on the way. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The packet 8.net toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. We do ask you voluntarily support the show by becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier, as over 360 of our users, or listeners rather, have done. They are Free Talk Live amplifiers, and it's easy to do. You just go to amp.freetalklive.com to learn about the program. But remember... We give you everything on our website for free. It's all there. You just go and take it at your leisure. But if you like the show and you want to help support us, you want to help get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country, get more people listening uh, to the Internet show, then go to amp.freetalklive.com and join up for 3 bucks a month. And what we do is we take that money in and we combine it with everybody else who's an amplifier, which is, by the way, now man- uh, mounting to over $2,500 a month, which is mm. awesome. Uh, we take that money in and we turn around and we purchase advertising. And like Talkers Magazine, an industry publication that gets out there in front of those radio program directors. We've also got our, our man, Hakeem, who is our uh, affiliate relations guy out there making phone calls for us. And uh, a number of other ways we're spending that money. It's all listed for you at amp.freetalklive.com. And yes, you do get a few perks, like access to the uh, Studio Cam chat room, which you can go to and you can see the cam by going to cam.freetalklive.com. But you, you as an amplifier can chat in there. Nobody else can except for amplifiers. There's also the amplifier-only forum as well as the amplifier-only call-in line. So there's a few exclusives. Get all the details at amp.freetalklive.com. All right, so are we done talking about voting at this point, the, the idea, the majority rule and everything? I don't know if I've quite finished all my points on that. This, this concept that the majority can somehow obligate you to do certain things, or to not do things that you might want to do. And I think it's, it's absurd 
And I also think it's absurd the idea that you were suggesting before we went to break that, well, since the government was here first, since the armed gang of thugs were here, uh, and you happen to be born into territory, which is ruled by an armed gang of thugs known as the government, then you're tacitly agreeing to their rule. That's absurd. Well, um, you know, I guess the idea is is that um, let's say that I run my house via democracy. Mm-hmm. That's how I want to do things. It's not how I want to do things, but if I wanted to do such a thing, um, if you're in my house, you've got to go by my rules. Yeah, but this isn't their house, Mark. But, but some would argue that it is. And they would have nothing to actually base that on. But, you, but they have a, a good enough argument, um, I feel, like they can make the, the argument of geography to some extent. Now, I think but that there's, there's no, lots there's of liberty pr- principles that one could refute with. I'm just not so sure that I didn't sign like, the social about, contract one is entirely bad. But I didn't sign the social contract and uh, I was I was born into an occupied territory. Okay, fine, but I don't consent to it. And but my being here still is not an actual explicit consent to being ruled over by a gang of violent people at any point. Okay. How anyone could could argue that it is 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 just beyond me. <laughs> well, I can say I w- I would say that it's probably better to work within the system and and point out the violence every time all the uninitiated force that the government uses pointed out time and time and time and time again and educate people on that than than sure. saying you've got no legitimacy there's no jurisdiction I'm a sovereign nation of one oh yeah you know, well, all that stuff well, that's what I think, go I think that's what we're doing we I I totally but when agree. someone brings up the social contract I'm gonna throw it right back in their face. If someone brings it up, and if someone brings up the the idea that the majority that majority rule makes right, then I'm gonna I'm gonna refute that too because it's not true. I majority rule does not with, make right. I largely agree with you. I'm just pointing out the one fallacy in the argument. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one to the phones. Let's talk to Joe in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Joe in Florida, going once. Joe Hello. in Florida. Hey, you're on the air. Hi, how you guys doing tonight? Great. What's on your mind? All right, we'll talk about the Boston Red Sox. Great. Okay. What about him? Yep. Great, great game today, by the way. Okay. I wouldn't know. I don't watch. I don't watch sports. Oh, oh I'm sorry to hear that. But fuck Thanks for the call. 800 That is a good board up. Did you, you see he had his finger on that button? Yep. The guy didn't even get it all the way out. Yep. It's, let's go to Dan in Indianapolis. Uh, you're, by the way. Little thanks know, to Mark there. By the way, we know where the cranks are all coming from. One of our listeners has found uh, the message board that they inhabit. Ah. It's the IGN message board. Ah, which, bunch of bored kids. Huh? It's, you know... I. That's fine if that's what you want to do is well, crank free talk live. IGN now is that a is that a it's website? It's an internet gaming uh, website and it's 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 a decent site. They've got reviews of video games and movies and that sort of thing. But apparently there's a message board with thousands and thousands of users and there's one particular forum where these particular people happen to uh, to inhabit. Okay. So you know we know who you are. Um, it's not a challenge getting on free talk live. You know part of just a quick little briefing on making a crank phone call. Part How the, to make a crank phone call. Right. Part of the fun of making crank calls is actually getting through a call screener. Mm-hmm. Like, that's part of the challenge in the, you on know, a radio the victory. Show. That's the, yeah, the, on a radio show, you know, that's the victory of the, uh, the crank call. You've gotten through a call screener who's asking you question after question about what you want to talk about. We don't really do that on Free we Talk don't. Live. We don't. You know, we only ask, like, where, who, what's your name? Where are you calling from? Right. It's called Free Talk Live. And then, also, when you finally get on and you engage the host... Uh, you you the you're other victory get them going on something right. You either you you're, you're either a funny or b you fool them 
or yeah, you make them believe that you are actually calling for a specific reason. Or uh, with these crank calls, I can tell from the beginning of the call based on the you know the sound in their voice uh, that there's going to be a crank at the end. And I let them. I we string them along and give them enough time to actually get to their crank portion. And it's usually just awful. In fact, the response from the I, on the thread. Mm-hmm. On the uh, the their little forum, mm-hmm. the responses they're getting from the other guys on the forum are generally negative. Like, yeah, your cranks suck. Yeah, you're dumb. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's call go in to, and prove you're dumb. Let's go to Dan <laughs> in Indianapolis. Uh, you're on Free Talk Live. Yes. Hey Ian. Hey Mark. How hey. are you doing? What's Good. on your mind, Dan? Um, I just wanted to read a poem. Yep. So um, I'll do that now. Go ahead. So okay, I don't like the warring red. Blue that won't let me pay for a hospital bed. I might like the, the post-Nixon gold, but I don't think I'll ever know unless you let me be black. I don't know much about Eastern red, but I know I don't want it stamped on my head. The only way that I see that this can never be forced upon me is if we're all allowed to be black. I'm not a fan of the Christian white, and I'm not pink, but I support their fight. I might be a little green, but I don't have time explain what I mean. For now, i just rather be black. I have no ill intentions, no ill will. I'm just expressing how I feel. I'm just simply pleading that you will hear me and simply let me be black. I'm intrigued by the Spanish red and black, but I don't know if I agree with that. Please remove me from what you require, and I'll be able to inquire. For now, I just simply want to be back black. Remove me from your voting. Get out of my life. Let me see what your colors are like. If I like like them, then I just might join you if I think you're right. Till then, I request to be black. I think we need to consider what we see, because although I've never met a purple man, it seems to be the law of my land. Okay, that's him. I don't get it. Oh, he wants to be he, uh, his color that he's choosing, rather than being the Democratic red or the uh, Republican. Excuse me, the Democratic blue or the Republican red is an anarchist black. I would assume. Right. Well, yeah, I'm just trying to make the argument. For oh, I thought you. I thought you were a black man, and you want, you just wanted to stay. No, black. I'm not. God, black. I knew Ian. No. He is so but, dense. I knew that was going to happen. I'm sorry. No, no, it's, like, it's, it's, no, no, no. It's, <laughs> it's referring to lack of governmental structure. That's what black is meaning. Yes. I but see. You got the gold and the red and the blue and the other reds and the white and the pink and the green. Yeah. So Now it makes more sense. Okay, good. good Thanks good. for the call, Dan. Appreciate <laughs> it. 800-259-9231. I'm sure glad you're here, Mark. You are gosh, not the man. I do? <laughs> you are not the man for uh, subtleties, that's for yeah, sure. Poetry, I never was really good at that yeah. stuff. But people write it and they want to read it on the air and, you know, as long as it's reasonably short. I like the funny poems. <laughs> yeah. We haven't gotten a good funny poem. <laughs> a good a limerick? Here, yeah. I'll, I'll look up some limericks for you. There was one guy that called in with a great poem a long time ago. I don't remember what it was, but he was making fun of you. Anything that, any poem that makes fun <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Mike in Ohio. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Mike. Hey, how you guys doing? What's on your mind? Uh, I play in a rock band. I have a chance to uh, travel around a bit, and I, I get a chance to talk to people who perceive themselves as Democrats. Okay. And um, ultimately, the discussion turns to universal health care and how much they want it. Oh, boy. And, and, and how much you know it, they think it's a good thing. And uh, basically, I take the, the stance, if it's such a good thing, um, well, why don't people just donate to it? You know, if it's just a good thing, why don't we just have it, you know, this donation, you know? And uh, I guess they ultimately fall back on people are selfish, and they wouldn't take money out of their own pocket to donate to something that is so good. Mm-hmm. And 
at that point, I basically say, well, if everybody's basically selfish, who are you voting into office? And at that point, they, they produce a noise, kind of like a, in between a, a cough and a sigh, where it's like, <clears throat> like perceiving, like, I'm so stupid, I don't, I, I, I fail to see their side um, of their argument, like how universal health care is this awesome. So they're just thing. sort of dodging your point on the, uh, the personality yeah, they don't, yeah, issue? They don't, they don't acknowledge it at all. Hang on, we'll bring it back for a little bit more and discuss this further. This issue with people just completely ignoring uh, their points. I mean, if you're saying that everyone's selfish, then how on earth can you possibly think that you'll be able to to elect someone who's unselfish to office? 800-259-9231. Don't people in search of power, don't you think they're going to be a little selfish? More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. Hour 3 coming up. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off hour number three, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the packet 8.net toll-free line for you, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Once again, that is freetalklive.com. Still to come, the story about the death squads. Uh, we'll get to that, but we got to go to your calls first. We lost Ken during the break, so we're going to... Uh, oh, it's a different Ken. Wait, no, we've got Mike in California. We still have Mike. Mike, you're back. I'm in Columbus. <laughs> Mike in Columbus. Oh, they put Cali down there. So uh, anyway, that's not, that's you're in Cali now, Mike. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, anyway, we were talking about how you're in a rock band. You encounter a lot of people who are sort of of the liberal persuasion, and you're talking to them about universal health care. And you know, you suggested that maybe it should be a voluntary sort of an option. And I don't know if you can really have a voluntary universal, universal health care. But well, at that point, it's just insurance. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> I mean, I, I was just trying to, you know, I, I could just say. You say insurance to him. That's like a bad word. You don't want to say that to him. And then, the, and then you, um, and then they came back by su- essentially suggesting that well, that wouldn't work because people are selfish. And what was your response to that? Uh, I, well, my response is if, if people are selfish, then if the majority of people are selfish, then obviously the majority of the people we vote into office or people vote into office, then they have to be selfish to a, a large degree. And uh, they just don't. They don't like that that logic. The, right. Somehow just, the people that we're voting for, the, some, the, the people that would run for an election, um, they, you know, must not be selfish. And, of course, the, the American people and their, all their wisdom who rarely even check on who they're voting for, and, and many of them just vote based on a, the sound of a name, um, must be, you know, they must know the facts. Absolutely. Absolutely. And my only reasoning is, is why they even think this, uh, they want universal health care, is because they don't feel they're part of the government. So if the government's giving them money, it's free money for them. They don't feel like they're part of it. They don't feel like they're actually part of the system. They anymore. feel like they they're going to get a bunch of net benefits without having to pay out. Well, yeah, I just I think a majority of people actually do not feel they're part of this this government anymore. So anything they get from it, they'll take. Take, take, take. Yeah. Right. Well, they give twenty two for that. Until it falls. I really, I really believe they just don't feel like. It's working for them anymore, and they're going to take anything they can to a false. It's a great point. And, of course, people also don't realize, people also sort of chalk up selfishness as a negative thing when, in fact, uh, they're just ignoring the... Uh, the survival believe, mechanism. <laughs> the, yeah, survival mechanism. You have to be selfish in, uh, in life. Everything you do is based out of selfishness, and that's okay. 
there's nothing wrong with with being selfish. I think what they're saying is that the people who are are if you were to leave it to voluntary charity, that people are just so miserly that they wouldn't give to charity, that they only want to uh, you know enrich their own lives, so they here, wouldn't want to help anyone else. Here in the most charitable nation on the pl- in the history yeah. of the planet. And of course yeah, they would. Absolutely. They would give to charity. It's just those other people that uh, they yeah, would. Yeah, the other do people. It. Yeah. Well, they don't give to charity now because they can't. Most of them are so poor from giving all their money away to, in tax in the form of taxes that you know they know you that they can't do somebody. it. Yeah. Thank you for the call, Mike. We appreciate Thank hearing you. from you, sir. 800-259-9231. I was confused. There actually is a Mike in California, and he's on the line. Hey, Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, um, so remember last night how there was a guy who called in about um, – hello? Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, remember how last night there was a guy who called in about uh, taxing the rich at a different rate? Yes. Yes, the regressive – the guy who was uh, talking about regressive so-called taxation. And progressive. Canada. Yeah, well, I think um, where he was all about that is um, a flawed argument that seems to be pretty common, and that um, it's because there's a finite money supply, which isn't true, um, and that since there's only so much money, when banks and corporations skim off the top via profit, that it somehow creates a larger gap between, between the rich and poor. Yeah, a lot of these people, they, they don't really have an understanding of economics, and uh, they don't understand that the gap between the rich and the poor is created more by governmental regulation than anything else, simply because uh, government regulations don't allow poor people to create wealth for themselves. They, keep, uh, mm-hmm. they help keep the poor people poor, and therefore help ensure that the rich people and, stay rich. And the other place that they don't look at is everybody's a business. I'm a, you know, if I work for a factory, I'm a business that sells my labor to that factory. Therefore, I make profits on my business. And, you know, the whole idea that, uh, you know, big businesses are bad, just inherently bad, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Certainly, um, they can make some selfish moves, and uh, I think that we have a, you know, we should have a, a court system to settle that. Yep. And they also think that it's bad for rich people to have money. <laughs> they think that uh, yeah, they just don't like them. Right. They they don't like rich people, and they know that they can they can play that off with uh, with poor um, poor people, and they can you know sort of use the poor people's uh, because the poor people know people. that if the rich people don't have money, that the money has to go somewhere, so it's going to go to them. Uh, presumably, right. And so they they sort of use class warfare uh, to their benefit to uh, to enhance their power. And of course, they actually don't do anything to help the poor people in the long run. Any other thoughts, Mike? No, that's about it. Thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231 to the Amplifier line and to Tyler in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey, Tyler. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great. Hey, What's on your mind? Um, well, actually, I uh, just sat down not too long ago to check my bank statement. I've had a little uh, feud going back and forth between uh, TD Bank North, uh, one of the banks that's in the local area in Keene. And uh, what happened was a couple days ago I went to check my savings account, one of them, and uh, I noticed that I had a deficit of $180 in my savings account. Whoa. Oh, well, that's not good. Yeah. So, you know, I did the natural thing. I contacted customer uh, assistance, and I said, you know, I'm wondering why there was a uh, – because it was listed as a service charge. I'm wondering why there's a $180 service charge um, billed to my, my uh, bank account. Yeah. So 24 hours later, they wrote me a, one of their standard uh, emails back that said – uh, according to a federal regulation, um, they said you exceeded a number of you exceeded a transfer limit between your savings account and your checking account during your statement period, and you were assessed a service charge. Wow! So this angered me even more, and I wrote him back and I said, "Well, first of all, I said if this truly is a federal regulation, I said I think that it's 
kind of bad business for you not to at least warn your customers when they're nearing one of these transaction limits. Mm. And I said, and if it's a, a fee that somehow you profit from, I said, that's even worse because you're taking someone who's been a customer. My parents set up a bank account when I was born in 1987. Yeah, wow. And you're charging them a, uh, a bank fee, you know, that's, that's pretty exorbitant. I said, I'd, I'd just like to get to the bottom of it before I can't make a payment. My car gets repossessed. So I got a I got a letter back from someone who sounded a little more important, the uh, customer care e care manager, mm-hmm. and um, she said in a in a probably more rude fashion than I'll describe, pretty basically that these regulations are in place for a good reason, and you are not allowed if you if you can believe this, more than six transfers between your savings account to your checking account in a statement period over the internet. However, if you go to the bank face to face with a teller. Mm-hmm then you can make as many transactions between, as many transfers you want between your second checking and savings account. Well, you might be a terrorist, Tyler. You might be a terrorist if you're on the exactly. internet. Exactly. Well, it gets, the, what's even better than that is she said that the reason these regulations are in place is because we have such a terrible drug problem in this country that we're oh, trying to geez. crack down on, we're trying to crack down on these, these uh, drug lords who want to move all their money around so people she can't She came out and money. said, the, the bank person came out and said that? So you should yeah. be happy to give up your money now. To us, because we're 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 trying to stop drugs. Oh, absolutely! Ridiculous. It's been so effective this far, anyway. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, this bank is going to have anything to do with stopping drugs. Exactly. Now, and you know, just just as a re- as a result of this, I had I had uh, recently purchased a computer and went to move uh, funds from my savings account over to my checking account to cover the purchase. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't able to do that because of this uh, service charge that was assessed. So now I'm in the hole even more because, of course, I was wow. slapped with the bank fee for uh, not having the money to cover the purchase I made so, because my savings account was defaulted. Uh, so they're not budging on this then. I mean, in many cases, if there's a credit card company or bank that, that charges you a fee and it's you know caught you unawares, you didn't know about the, the regulation, I mean, yes, you probably agreed to these fees when you signed up for the bank account. Of course, wait, right. as you said, you didn't sign up. It was your parents. But anyway, exactly. uh, normally, if you, if you raise enough of a stink, normally they'll waive the fee this time so you know right. better for next time. They're not budging? No, and I said, you know, this is the first time this has happened. I said, as a courtesy, you could have at least sent me an email saying, look, we're warning you, don't let this happen again. Or I said, if you were you know, really on the ball, you could have sent me an email at the fifth transaction right before the sixth one that said, hey, we just want to let you know this is the fifth transaction. If you make yeah. another one, you're going to be assessed a charge. Now, and you... this is what kills me because I have a feeling that they were really shady about it, but I have a feeling that the bank probably profits in some way from this. Oh, and that's oh why I'm sure they do. Like, they don't like making it, you know, a public, uh, a public. You know, knowledge. the only thing you really have as a recourse at this point is to make yourself a sign that says, you know, TD Bank cheats its customers, and go and call the newspaper, tell them you're going to be out there protesting, and you know, it's not like yep. there's anything going on in town. Maybe they'll take a picture of you and uh, get that on front page. I was going to go and open an account. Uh, hang on, if you got a little bit more, hang on, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. I was looking at this bank. Uh, I'm about to change my mind. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. You can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231. That would be the packet 8.net toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. That, by the way, does include the bulletin board system, the archives, the wiki, and more. Just get signed up for the updates whenever you want to know something fresh to, uh, fresh about the show. Go to updates.freetalklive.com to get on that list. That, once again, updates.freetalklive.com. 
And the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, is June 18th through the 24th. At Porkfest, you'll be able to attend leadership and activist training seminars, as well as hear and discuss the progress and the future of the Free State Project. Register today at Porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. As we go back to Tyler in New Hampshire, back on Free Talk Live. Now, Tyler, you had an incident at your bank recently, which, by the way, is TD Bank North, apparently a fairly major bank in the northeast of uh, of the United States. Yep. And uh, basically, you had an account with them since you were a teenager or a a young lad, and yep. your parents had opened it up for you. Finally, uh, they screwed you recently. They gave you a hundred and eighty dollar charge because you'd withdrawn over six times from your right. savings account and put money online. into your checking account. Right online. How is that? How and then their excuse was that they're trying to fight drug dealers. How it right. is that that's going to fight drug dealers? I'm still I'm still trying to work that one out. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. Apparently, what? apparently, in that whatever delusional world they're living in, they think that if uh, they can limit uh, the transaction limits uh, or put transaction limits on their customers, that somehow uh, all their customers that they must have that are big drug dealers, uh, it'll maybe limit the amount of money that they can. It will thwart them somehow. The period. Right now, how much money did you have in your account before you transferred money out of it? Um, I had uh, just over um, $180. Now, I I don't know. You know, it might just be me, but I don't really think that the drug dealers they're trying to catch with this are uh, Pablo Escobar, you are not, my friend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got $180 in your account. They jack you for your. I guess you transferred the 180 out, and then they jacked you for the same amount. So you're now now you're at negative 180 dollars. Correct? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I mean, even if you're a small time drug dealer, you should be dealing with a few thousand dollars at a time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You know, I can't and, uh, see how the banks are. Um, they they have the jurisdiction to be able to do this. I mean, they're not cops. They're not supposed to be no. able to enforce these laws. I mean, well, you haven't been given I, a court um, court case or anything like that. Right, and that's what I said to her. I said, if this is a federal regulation, then really what you should be doing is, at, at the very, at the very most, issuing uh, some kind of citation saying that I'm in breach of a federal regulation. I, I last I last I knew, uh, TD Bank North wasn't deputized by any. I could be wrong, but they weren't deputized by any federal agencies. To well, be, uh, now they do. You know, they are FDIC insured, and they are that's interconnected true. with the feds. They have to bow that's down and do whatever the feds ask them to do. Right, but I don't right. think that the feds are demanding that they charge a hundred and eighty dollar fee. Uh, for right. that particular violation. Ha- have you gone yeah. as far as you're going to go with this, or do you feel like you've got extra steps uh, to take? Well, no. Actually, you know, what I was planning on doing was, uh, first first piece of advice, uh, I think it was Mark said he was thinking about a bank account, keep it local. I mean, uh, I've never, uh, I know people who haven't had problems with uh, Savings Bank Walpole or any of the other uh, local banks. There's, there's uh, actually one bank on Marlboro Street, the Cheshire County. Well, that's, that's, that's a little too local. I mean, we are a national show, but I see where you're coming from. In general, keep, it local. keep your banking right. local no, yeah, wherever exactly, you are. Exactly. Exactly. Keep it local. Um, but but uh, what I plan on doing, actually, is uh, if I can't get this resolved, um, I've, I've seriously thought about telling them, you know what, I'm going to close out my accounts, the ones that still have money in them, mm-hmm. and if you guys are serious enough about this that so you want to make an issue, then you find a lawyer who's uh, going to perform these court services for uh, less than it's going to you know, cost you to get the money out of me. If they're talking 180 bucks, if they want to take me to court over 180 bucks... Well, that then, can affect uh, your credit. I just, I mean, you know, banks banks have a little yeah. system with each other and that kind of thing. And, and you yep. may... Be, I, 
I think that you'd be better off writing a letter to the editor of the newspaper and giving them bad press. Or I'm going to talk to the manager front. first. Yeah. I, did you get the, the the email that came back? I know you sent one letter and you got one re- response and you got another response. The guy that right. most recently responded to you is he local or is he responding from an office in New York or something? I'm sure he's probably it's probably New Jersey or I think it was New Jersey maybe somewhere in there. Yeah, I'd go um, in and I'd try to meet with the manager of the bank, someone who actually as I mean it may not be a local corporation, but the people running right. it live here. And so I would go in there and meet with him personally and say, look, you know, I've had good experiences with you guys up until this point. Then there was this little misunderstanding. Can you help me? Can you help me with this? Can you make good um, or just waive this fee this time? I won't do it again. And uh, and, you know, essentially see how how he responds to that. Yep. Let us know what happens, Tyler. And thanks for the call. Appreciate hearing from you, sir. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Patrick in Kentucky. Patrick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hey guys, I, I was screened before I got on here. I, they asked me what I wanted to talk about. It. I had a question about the new left. Well, now All normally right. we do ask people what they want to talk about. We just don't hold them on the line for two minutes while we allow. It. Normally, when you call a regular talk show, the call screener will ask you to say exactly what you're going to say to the host. Right? They want to know a lot of, of things. Yeah. Okay. He he was making sure I wasn't a. a Vesty freak. I don't, I'm not sure exactly what he meant by that. Now these are, we've got some crank calls. So what's on your mind? Okay, you'll have to explain that later on the show. Well, uh, you know, I, uh, Ron Paul sounds really good, and, and the only thing is he's not really talking about eliminating poverty and and you know being asked that and how he's going to uh, counter that or, or deal with that issue. Um, but I was uh, wanting to talk about. Our understanding of what the new left was, say, like when Robert F. Kennedy was senator before he passed away, and uh, where it didn't have anything to do with progressive tax, from what I understand, where he was uh, going into like communities like Bedford-Stuyvesant in New York and uh, uh, taking up a, like an old bottling company, that factory that had been a, abandoned, and trying to get uh, work with two or three or four or five corporations to pull in money to uh, to to get a, a factory started to put And who was this? Work. John Kennedy? No, Robert Kennedy. Robert Robert Kennedy. Kennedy. And where the government isn't act where the government isn't isn't actually they're just acting as the initiator or the mediator, you know, that, that those were the kind of projects he was doing. You talking, you know about, talking about now, I, I, I'm not too familiar with what you're referring to, but you're saying government should go around and come up with no, ideas? No, I'm not saying that government should do that, but I'm saying addressing the issue of, of, of creating business, you know, not the issue of, of progressive tax as we always try to understand the, the, the you know, the left or the, the, you know, the, problem the so-called I see, new left. I see where you're coming from, but the problem of what you're, what you're talking about is that... Uh, if there were businesses to be created, then the marketplace would go ahead and do it anyway. In the areas right. you're talking about, uh, like an old burnt-out husk of a building, an old industrial building that hasn't been used in a while, we've got things like that here in Keene. Uh, Keene's an old in- industrial town uh, from uh-huh. way back, and there's a bunch of old sort of husk buildings that haven't been used in years. Rooms are falling in, that kind and, of thing. And I made the point to Mark uh, the other day 
that, you know, if we were to just get rid of this insane property tax that we have here in New Hampshire, where uh-huh. I'm paying $6,000 a year on my duplex, I mean, I can't even imagine what somebody would have to pay in property taxes on a on an industrial sort of a location. It would be right. $30,000, I mean, $50,000 a year. The first year right. you're paying $50,000 a year just to fix the building. You it, buy it to fix it, and you're paying taxes on my it. My point being, if government just steps away... And right. and the taxes go away. The market will act on its own, and it, you don't need some government official to go around and point out opportunities as to where the market can can respond. Thank you for the call. Appreciate hearing from you. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The market will do it on its own. More on the way. Free talk live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a free talk live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. It's toll-free, 800-259-9231, the packet8.net toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Ian, uh, already mm. did that. A uh, little distracted. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, where all the features are totally free. Uh, though we do, we do ask you voluntarily support the show. And one of the ways that you can do that is by voting for us over at vote.freetalklive.com. It's a once-a-month sort of thing. Head on over to vote.freetalklive.com to cast your vote for the show. It'll take you less than a minute, and it makes a big difference for us, because the higher we are in the voting charts, the better off we'll be, and that more people will find the show. And, you know, that's a good thing. April is, in fact... Financial Literacy Month. Give the child in your life financial literacy, be they son, daughter, or sibling. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches a child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. School doesn't teach kids about money. Only their loved ones can do that. Give your special child A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich. Order at akidsjourney.com or call 1-800-657-5066, akidsjourney.com, 800-657-5066. Let's go to the phones. It's John in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Well, hey there. How are you guys? Doing hey. super. What's Turn on your mind? Hornet's nest? As always. What, mm-hmm. uh, what's yeah, going on? I, I'm going to throw a little gasoline on the fire. Okay. Good for you. Hey, um, most people aren't really aware of this uh, SPP, Security and Prosperity Partnership, uh, with Mexico, Canada, United States, to merge them into one North American Union, like um, European unions like Italy and France, and all those are now one. They fall under the uh, auspices of Brussels. Yeah, pretty scary idea. We've uh, we've certainly heard of it more than a few times. Okay. Um, well, the truckers of the United States, in uh, about 45 days, the floodgates are going to be opened at the border, and the trucks are going to be allowed to cross from Mexico and the United States doing long-haul trucking. You've heard about that, I assume. No, that's uh, that's news to me. Well, uh, I knew that they were building a highway, but I didn't know that the, you know, it was going to be that soon. Well, the, high, the highway's a couple of years out. They're going to start letting Mexican truckers come across the border. Now, get no, the, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. You're telling me that yeah. semi-trucks are just going to be rolling through the border with no checks? Without any restrictions regulating compliance to United States trucking rules, laws, regulations, there are going to be no educational requirements to speak fluent English, no load or weight restrictions, because they're not going to be under the same scrutiny as the United States truckers. And I mean, it's wait a minute, you're telling door. me that if somebody, you're telling me that if a Mexican driving a truck gets pulled over to waste, goes to a waste station, he's not going to have to stop. There's no waste stations for them. They're they're exempt. That doesn't they're make any sense. They're exempt from cross straight the cross state where they tax you when you go across state lines. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. 
They're, they're exempt from that too. What now? Who I, I sent you the uh, website from the uh, truckers. Um, yeah, I see that. Asking now, who is it that? Uh, I mean, how did you find out about this? How do you know for sure that they're exempt? Is it just a rumor going around, or is there actually something uh, official? It's legislation coming out of the, out of um, Washington D.C. How how is the implementation on this going to work? Are, are local police not going to be able to? Uh, I mean, you know, if they if they violate right now, if a if a illegal alien or a a uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, American fixer flipper or whatever, comes across the border, they have to be caught six times before the immigration control is allowed to hold them. I don't think that's true. Uh, it absolutely is. I, at six I, times. I, I have. I've seen news stories otherwise. Um, if you're just saying an illegal alien can o- has well, to be caught six times. Well, they'll but the American consulate uh, just says release them. It really I, I've into heard a million in the United States. I've heard a similar story to what what he's talking about. But but wait a minute. Okay, what's that have to do with that, the the truckers though? I mean, well, we're talk- the truckers are so mad because truckers, on an average, are knocking down between eighty and one hundred and ten thousand dollars a year to make a living. Okay, a lot of them are husband and wife teams running twenty four seven. They never mm-hmm. shut the trucks down. What this is going to do is this is going to allow Mexican truckers come to the United States long haul and basically eviscerate their jobs. Um, but I'm still curious about the – I want to get into the immigration thing here in a moment, but I'm curious about the mechanics of all this. How is it that uh, a, a highway patrolman who watches a Mexican truck driver breeze past a way station isn't going to pull that guy over? I mean, I mean, that's – there's going to be some that's, serious that's, issues with enforcement of this. Yeah, there is going to be some serious issues. That's why I went ahead and this, – this website just posted today. And I wanted to get it out to you guys because you guys got the cojones to stand up and, and do what's right. Well, well I, see, now, I, I don't know if we're going to quite agree on this. See, what I feel okay. like is right here, and I, and I hope you'll agree because I know a lot of truck uh, professional drivers are of a pro-freedom mindset. I think that you'd agree that what's absolutely right would be to end all regulations on truck drivers here in America. You guys have so many laws, so many hoops, so many regulations that you have to jump through to get your job done. It's insane. And it seems it like every insane. little town along the way wants to get their um, their cops out there and get the, get another little piece out of you for violating some silly rule or Right, another. you have to have oh, law books. If you've books. ever noticed it. If you've ever noticed it, it usually pertains to the independent truckers that get picked on, not the big corporate, sure. you know, uh, trucks that go rolling right on through. That's it's usually a corporate truck. That makes sense sealed, because they've got the right lawyers. They've got the lawyers that can, you know, uh, play Absolutely. with the compliance games and all that. And actually, the way it typically works is the big companies and they got will the senators and congressmen bought and paid for. And the big, uh, the big companies will lobby for more regulations because they sure. can afford to comply, whereas you guys get screwed. I think that unfortunately, you're blaming the wrong. Uh, you're, you're shifting the blame to the wrong segment. The if if what you're saying is true about the Mexican truckers. Um, you shouldn't well, that necessarily. That was announced on CNN, ABC, NBC. Fine. It's, it's I take, I'm certainly taking your word for it. But it, you know, presuming that it's true, it's not their fault. The issue is really the government regulations Absolutely. that are screwing you guys in the first place. So what right. needs if to you, happen you, is the regulations need to go away, and then we can just have freedom where anybody can come here I and and truck and and come from Canada, come from Mexico, come from Asia. As long as everybody's on that same level playing field of freedom. Then I don't think we'll have a problem. It won't matter who's driving the truck next to you. Well, the the, the difficulty with that, Ian, is this Ian? I'm sorry. It is. Okay. The difficulty with that is that Americans live at a higher standard, and they need to make more money in order to maintain their lifestyle and living standard. You get people coming in from third worlds, Vietnam, China. They're just shipping a few hundred bucks back to their folks in the other countries. Hey, I understand that it's difficult, but uh, you know, competition is difficult. However, it's usually worth 
uh, having the uh, the open market to where that oh, competition no can happen. The the problem with what's going on here is that they don't have to comply to any of the trucking regulations. That's oh, what absolutely. I'm saying. That's, that's, it's completely unfair. The regulations are the problem. The regulations right. are the problem. I mean, I understand that you're saying, okay, yes, while the regulations exist, everyone should have to comply. I understand where you're coming from on that, but let's focus on the real issue, and that is the federal government is uh, and the local state governments screw over truckers. They screw professional drivers, and uh, and, and that's what need, you no guys recourse. need to. That's what you need to unite against. Uh, you're right. There really isn't much of a recourse because well, the politicians the, the, just don't care. The April 23rd, 24th, and 25th, every trucker out there that has a CB radio is out there calling i mean they're starting right now and it's going to be uh, it's going to be on every cb channel that there is they're calling for a nationwide boycott in all 48 lower united states the continental united states for truckers to simply pull their trucks over at the state capitals and park them for three days and really mess up traffic and yeah. get attention on this thing they're calling for that they, you know I, I i don't know do you think there's going to actually be a response on that because uh you know the then they're going to be putting their licenses their on the line Right, truckers are going to lose their livelihoods. I'll guarantee you, they're going to. They're, they're so mad right now. They want to start shooting the tires out of the trucks they're getting ready to come across. Hmm. These guys are madder than hornets. If the truckers actually do this, they're going to get some attention. They're going to definitely stir it up. I just wonder how many of them will actually do it. How many of them are willing to put their licenses on the line in order to do something like that? Because the uh, I guess we'll know April twenty third. Right, the Interstate Commerce Commission or whoever the hell they are that uh, regulates you guys are certainly not going to like that. No. Guaranteed, and but there's not enough law enforcement officers to go up against. I, I don't know how many truckers are out there. Three hundred. There's more truckers than there are law uh, law enforcement officers. By a long, that's for long damn shot. Sure. And I'm sure, and I'm sure a few of them are former. Up. I'm sure a few of them are former Leos. Just while we've got you on the line, can yeah. we can you just run down just a quick laundry list of the most uh, the most intrusive regulations that you guys have to deal with? Because most people don't know what it's like to be a professional driver. They don't know all the crap that you guys have to put up with. You've got to go through criminal background checks. You've got to get a CDU license. You have to be trained. You have to be approved by the states that you drive in. You've got to do drug testing. Oh. You've got background checks. I mean, uh, if you get a, more than a, a couple of tickets, uh, you know, the fines are incredible. Um, I mean, Way stations. There are certain stations. things you can't transfer from one state then, to another. You can't control the price of the diesel, and that is absolutely cutting a lot of truckers' throats. They're oh. barely eking it by. But the price amazing. Of you guys keep up the good work, and uh, and thanks for the call. Let us know how that goes, all right? In case we don't hear something, we're going to probably need to hear it from you. So thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. You know, they're some of the hardest-working people in America. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live, and it's your show. Only moments remain, but just enough time for your call if you make it now at 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8.net toll free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website, freetalklive.com. Lots of archives. In fact, an entire year's worth of them right there, front page of the site. You go download them for free at freetalklive.com. Calm. All right, so I said we were going to do the death squad thing, but you're telling me it's too long of a story. It's just too long for we one We've got to hold it for tomorrow night. But so I've got a really great email. We're holding the death squad thing. Okay, you want to do your email, go right ahead. All right, um, from Chris. On a show from uh, 321, you guys were arguing about who is a libertarian and who wasn't during a segment about an objectivism email. I'm behind the podcast and hope someone has addressed this because it's important. The difference between libertarians with a big L and libertarians with a little L undermines nearly every conversation I observe on the subject. There are two kinds of libertarians. 
um, libertarians with a lowercase and libertarians with a capital L. Now, um, he's what he's going to do is go into what the the argument like we've. Yes, yes, he will, and it's completely useless. I'm explain. It why. really is. Just so, you, so you agree with me, and I, I uh, you can rebut while I read. Then, um, lowercase L libertarians are philosophically consistent with free marketeers, anarcho-capitalists, and objectivists. Ian, you are a lowercase libertarian. Capital L libertarians are politically consistent, for the most part, with classical conservatives. They have libertarian um, lowercase l ideals, but want to implement them only so far as one can with a system of government, however limited it may be, in the form of the Libertarian Party or something like that. Often the founding fathers were thought of as having capital L libertarian politics. They wanted government, but they also wanted it small and limited. Mark, you are a capital L libertarian. Now, when we've talked about these Oh, there things, you have it. There you have it. He says so. Um, Chris does. You Which, know, by the way, the reason I say it's useless is because when you're talking, you can't make a differentiation to someone. Well, I just want to let you know I'm a little L libertarian. Versus you have a to, capital L libertarian. If you say the word libertarian, there's no capital there. And I've heard it the other way around, which is you'd be a capital L libertarian because you're more libertarian than I am. <laughs> yeah. um, or you'd be a capital L libertarian because you're a member of the party, whereas I am not. So I'm yeah. just a libertarian who's not a member of the party. There, This whole capital L, small L thing confusing how people about, don't have the same definitions i'm a libertarian free marketeer you're a libertarian minarchist how about that i think that you know terminology like minarchist or uh you know just a free market libertarian that kind of thing uh makes more sense than using the capital l little l thing because people just there's different there's different definitions of this and therefore when you say capital l libertarian it may mean something different to me and it's, it's a bunch of confusion anyway okay. the problem comes in when people discuss libertarianism and capital l libertarianism without understanding this critical difference if and you they say never will if you say that a great way to pay for roads would be with a gas tax, you're talking about capital L libertarianism. If you say the roads should all be privatized and the market will provide a solution for transportation without any need for government, then you're talking about little l libertarianism. I'm sure you can see how this can get confusing. Hopefully yes. this clears everything up for you, too. Thanks, Chris. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, Chris. Appreciate it's just not effort. that easy. <laughs> uh, you know, I wish it were, you know, but we've been, you know, we've wrangled over this subject before. So Yeah, I'd rather just avoid the issue Thanks for the entirely. Email. And and that's the reason that I'm talking about is, what do you is call, just to show the confusion. I mean, if you're a small L libertarian and I'm a capital, wait, I mean, if I'm a small <laughs> L libertarian, right, you are. You're a capital L libertarian. Mm-hmm. Then what's a what's a what's a Neil? What's a, a Glenn Beck? What's a, a Bill Maher? He's even uh, larger L than I am. No, that I doesn't make know. any sense. Right, it's somebody who doesn't even have a, any any concept of the principles that libertarians right. subscribe to. Uh, here's a related email from Pete. He says. Guys, I've considered myself a libertarian since I was old enough to realize that I was one. I heard you mention that you've been involved in the libertarian movement for 15 years. Whoa, not so. I've been involved for maybe seven or eight years. Yeah, if you were involved when you were 15, you'd be like a toddler when you started. I wonder if, uh, he says, I wonder if we might have met in Sarasota. No, I didn't meet anybody in 1992. I would have been 12 at the time. (laughs) If so, yeah, there's something wrong. Fortunately for me, I'm a second-generation anarchist with a libertarian grandfather who was a mayor in Massachusetts. Hmm. My feeling was that the Libertarian Party was a means to an end, that I was an anarchist joining politically in self-defense with other anarchists, a political means to defend ourselves from statists. That apparently has changed the last few years and is no longer libertarian. That has changed the last few years. I've told plenty of people, my dad calls single-issue libertarians, who want freedom to smoke pot, but not freedom for others to enter or leave the country that they, when they'd like, mm-hmm. that they are not libertarian. People who want to reduce taxes, but don't want to allow people to own guns, that they are not libertarian. 
people who don't understand that some freedom is freedom and or is less than freedom and therefore not free don't understand what libertarianism is eventually i realize that in this society where the definition of a term changes when enough people ignorant of its meaning use it incorrectly the meaning changes or at least most claim that they do he says this drives me nuts much like much like the whole rights privilege misunderstanding Anyway, something has got to give. If they're libertarians, then I'm not. <laughs> Their understanding of liberty is not mine. I find that the way people involve themselves in politics is based on what benefits are in it for them, rather than upholding so rather than in upholding their responsibility to defend what they perceive to be freedom or constitutional. And I've seen this, I totally agree with them on this, see it everywhere. Uh, the most striking example recently was, and I've told this on the air, was back with the foie gras ban in Chicago was mm -hmm. coming through. I had a dinner with my parents and my uncle and aunt who live right outside of Chicago in Skokie. And uh, I asked them how they felt about that issue, and their response was just flippant. They didn't care. They they honestly did not care. Their response was, well, we don't eat foie gras, so it doesn't matter to us. <laughs> and, you know, I've never had foie gras in my life. I probably never will, but uh, it matters to me because freedom matters to me. Freedom for everyone matters to me. You know, Only I'll, more people thought that way. I, I, I had uh, this discussion, and this was early on in my relationship with my wife, probably even before we ever got married. But um, she... Uh, she was against uh, she, she had uh, voted for the smoking ban in Sarasota, Florida, and she was sort of against um, smoking in general and didn't you know smoking's bad i 'll vote against the um, you know for the smoking ban um, in Sarasota but you know my conversation with her is you know if you're if you 're voting for other people not to be able to smoke, then what happens when they come out with a scuba diving ban scuba diving isn 't exactly which the she likes right which she is um, she 's not exactly the safest sport in the world. people get uh, the bins and uh, you know nitrogen sure. in their uh, bloodstream and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you could drown, and what happens when they come out it with that certainly shouldn 't be keep for children. safe you know yeah. I suggest, he says, to all my friends that they only vote with this in mind. For candidates that represent their principles and beliefs, that wasting your vote is only done when you're voting based on who you think will win or against someone you want to see. You're better represented not voting than voting for any candidate that doesn't stand for what you do uh, or for what you believe in. He says, which incidentally has been a cause of turmoil for me with Ron Paul, who is, unless he's not being entirely truthful about his immigration stance, Truly now a Republican and by far the best, perhaps once in a lifetime, opportunity towards freedom. Uh, this is foreign to most people. They want to be on the winning team, or they want their union to gain power, or they want to keep their neighbor from using their property in the way that they'd like. This is because Republicrat politics is meaningless. And when people have played that game, people have played that game see that the Libertarian Party is pushing for one or a handful of things that their former party isn't, they might join the LP and then consider themselves Libertarians. It's difficult to explain this to people who've been members of the Republicans and Democrats. It seems to me that during Harry Brown's life, you and I were considered libertarians, and Mark would not be. Since not too long before, I would consider you a libertarian now, Mark. You've come a long way. Uh, I d I, Since not too long... I don't understand this, um, how... You know, the the whole idea that basically somebody who's an anarcho-capitalist is a libertarian and then those that believe in small government aren't. I mean, that doesn't make any sense to me. To me, what makes sense is I'm a libertarian and you're not. You're like, you've left the, the you've, you've left libertarianism behind. Since not too long before Harry's death, we would no longer be and anyone defending one or more but not all civil liberties can be if they'd like to be called so. If replicans were actually republicans, I'd guess that's what pro-government people like Mark would consider themselves to be. <laughs> I'm pro-government. What is sad... <laughs> Only on this show... 
what is sad is that there was such a large investment made in the Libertarian Party over the past 35 years, which resulted in it becoming by far the third largest party from people who cherished and required the vow against initiation of force or the belief that you can't pick and choose which freedoms you'd like us to have without jeopardizing all of the others. These people had their party and effort hijacked by people who don't understand that to an anarchist, anarchist even the most minimal statist is still a statist. And mm-hmm. by any compromising or supporting even the most minimal of government force that they effectively have taken the Libertarian Party away. So next time Mark asks you if he's a Libertarian, I suggest you point out that though a civil rights advocate and a valuable free stater, he obviously isn't, and that you are, or that he is, and that you're for, and that you're for freedom in every single instance. And then he asks, did you coin the term free marketeer? I like it. Anarchist works for me, but I don't run an international radio show. From Pete. Did I coin free marketeer? I thought I did. But apparently you, somebody else had already thought it up. Who's who's that? I don't know. I went to Google and typed in free marketeer and it appeared so somebody had already used it somewhere else. What at that I time did. that you at the time that you came up with it or just yeah. recently? No, no, it was after I came up with it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I th- think that uh, according to Wikipedia, you you uh, got credit for it. Well, somebody went to Wikipedia and added it, I guess. Well, I I don't know. You know, the funny thing is is that famous people generally get, not to say that you're really, really famous because you're not, but famous yeah. people often get credit for stuff that people that aren't so famous have created. I'll take the credit, but, you know, hey, just use the term. Don't give, you know, you don't need to give me credit. Anyway, it's been Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us uh, online between now and tomorrow night's show at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.